Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of The Chaos Plan. This time, Brayden is once again going to help run me through a downtime day type encounter so that hopefully I'll be able to take part in the uh, group quests and TP Chaos. I mean, be extremely helpful to the group. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, go ahead, Brayden, and uh, tell me what uh, is in store for me this time. Alright, so previously you had boarded a ship from one of the allies that Grill had set you up with. Uh, the idea was that you were going to sail to Port City. On your travel through the Shadowed Cleft, you had been travelling on ship through uh, large open tunnels with uh, water kind of leading you out onto the ocean. And eventually you would have made it out onto the open sea where... Uh, you'll be spending a number of days travelling to uh, Port City. Uh, You're not quite sure how long the ship ride is going to be, but the captain, who is, of course, a tiefling man, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the captain says that uh, there's going to be a little bit of turbulence and wind, not turbulence, rough sea, (laughs) uh, different mode of travel, sorry. Uh, rough sea which could impact the time a little bit so he has advised you to spend a good deal of the voyage below deck I believe there was something that you wanted to fill your time up with yeah so as part of the adventure class um, I can take different class features and things like that from other classes and combine them into this one with DM's discretion, and I've been working a little bit with Braden and the rest of the guild to make sure I'm not too overpowered. I've set a lot of limits on myself to make sure it doesn't end up that way. But I spent uh, basically two levels worth of my feats that I get to build the class, and I took two levels basically in the Harlequin class, which uh, was created by our very own Lydia here in the guild. Because of the loss that I suffered being ripped away from my home, away from my wife and family, I ended up taking the uh, two levels in the Harlequin, and I joined the the Troop of Mourning. So the brief description is, Loss affects us all. Some can find meaning from personal suffering. Some choose to wield it as a weapon. And I'm going more along the lines of that I'm going to use my sorrow and my determination to get home as a weapon. To do that, though, the Harlequin sets up a little bit of a separate identity to disassociate a little bit with the past and builds a mask. So I would have, um, using some of the hides and whatnot that we collected from when I first got there and with grill and everything, um, and uh, purchased and trade maybe with some of the sailors and whatnot around here, I would craft a leather mask on my face. Or, not on my face, but I would craft a leather mask that kind of has the raven effigy to it. Um, black, not quite a plague doctor's mask, not that long of a beak, but a black leathery type mask. And I do actually in real life have experience with leatherworking, 
And um, so between my carpenter's tools and some help with other people, uh, kind of shaping it a little bit, I'm going to make kind of a rough mask. And then as I get better and gain proficiencies, I will create it a little bit nicer later on. But that is what I am going to be doing for part of my journey, at least. Yeah, so as you are down below deck, the rocking of the boat sends buckets tumbling over and rolling to the other side of the ship that you manage to uh, hold yourself fairly well. And uh, actually, let's roll for this. Let's see how great your mask is. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, what stat do you want with it? Uh, do you do you have... Uh, what tools? You said you had leather workers tools? No, I do not. I know it in real life, but I couldn't take that proficiency in the game. Um, I've got carpenter's tools, an alchemist kit, and land vehicles. Sure, just give me a dexterity check. Okay. Hey, it probably isn't the best, but not the worst. That was a 13 plus 1, so 14. Nice, yeah. Uh, you managed to slowly and meticulously work at this uh, mask over the span of your voyage. Uh, the steam and you even see some, uh, at one point, some fog like rolling down the staircase leading into the chambers below deck, and you would potentially poke your head up seeing only fog in all directions, the captain just barking orders out towards his crew, and the crew uh, meticulously working the rigging and running around uh, trying to get the ship uh, to stay on course through this thick fog that is enveloping the entire ocean right now. Okay, yeah, and while I'm doing that, I'm also going to try and, as best as I'm able, um, conjure some of that warlock, uh, raven queen, the Morrigan, uh, is who I'm relating it to in in Earth terms, but try and channel some of that into that as well and have this mask kind of serve a dual dual purpose as a representation of my patron as well as the harlot. Um, Yeah, would I be able to help out with the crew at all, or is this just something that's happening while I'm working? Uh, you could definitely give it a go if you'd like. Yeah, I would uh, send my familiar out as far ahead as I could and maintain range to kind of scout ahead to make sure that there isn't, you know, another ship that we're going to crash into. Um, and then I would just kind of stand up near the, uh, where the riggers are probably and lend an extra hand. I don't have a great strength, um, but I could, you know, help hold on to the end of a rope or something if, uh, uh, they need an extra set of hands to pull. Absolutely, yeah. I'd say this is sort of earlier in the morning, maybe around 7am that this is all happening. You've gotten up fairly early to get to work on your mask, or perhaps you didn't sleep whatsoever. But uh, there's enough light that it's the raven flying up overhead of the fog itself is fairly visible throughout, as it's a pitch black object against the sun uh, in the distance, so uh, you're able to assist there and help the crew and the captain pretty much just follow your raven as it flies in the direction that you've uh, given it. Awesome. And along with, with your assistance and the ropes and whatnot, uh, you're able to work your way through it and assist the rest of the crew uh, without an issue. Awesome. Who would have known this landlocked Nebraska boy knows anything about sailing? <laughs> <laughs> This generic tiefling male uh, <laughs> is so charismatic, he's just uh, barking orders and they're understood uh, very easily. And even someone who... How many times have you seen the ocean in your life? I assume a fair amount. Uh, I think three. 
three times. Okay, Something okay. like that. <laughs> well, for someone who's seen it three times, spending upwards of potentially five or more days at sea, you know, <laughs> yes. you've seen it a lot more now. So. Exactly. I grew up on a lake, so I have a little bit of experience on the water, but not like actual rigging and sails. This lake was not nearly that big. It's maybe a mile long and, you know, three quarters of a mile wide. Not very big at all. Okay. <laughs> Taking place on that lake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so after another few days or so, uh, you continue working on your mask. Every moment you turn away from the mask, you can where you hear the flapping of like a raven's wings, and as you turn back around, the mask has shifted and moved maybe like a foot away from the previous location that it was at. Mm. Uh, a little, little creepy, but uh, considering the pact you've just made, it is understandable. Yeah, I was gonna say, I at this point, I'm taking nothing for granted. <laughs> All right, so. On the morning of, I believe it's the 17th, is it? Uh, let's see here. Calendar. Let's see. The festival is the 15th and the 16th of planting. Okay. Let's just go with the 14th. Okay. All right. So uh, you make your way up on board as you hear one of the uh, lookouts shouting that there is land on the horizon. And you see ahead of you the place that you created. Do you know you created Port City in this as your character? Yeah, I'm going to go, even though we're still technically building the world, I'm going to say that we got basically just the land masses and the major cities built, and uh, that's all that I know. I don't know really anything else. I just know kind of the basic concept of the world. Okay. You see one of the largest cities that was in your mind and you put pen to paper with and created... Uh, port city on the horizon uh, many little flags hang up into the air with the banners uh, you see a, a bustling dock with lots of people quickly moving uh, different wares into the city along the central road that leads directly through it and bisects the entire of the district um, the captain quickly hoists the sails and you well, widens them out a bit further however that happens I don't know ocean craft but, uh, <laughs> the wind picks it up and you quickly make your way into the docks of the port city. Uh, the ropes are tied to the dock onto the ship and you are pulled um, next to a large jetty uh, alongside a number of other ships, all of them with many different races and uh, types of people working and living within this city that you indeed created at one point in your previous life on Earth. Okay. What would you like to do, Bob? Yeah, upon coming on deck and finding out that we're actually here and everything, uh, with the Harlequin thing, I'm going to don the mask, which hopefully doesn't stink like tanning agent too hard, or, you know, too bad now, but um, I'll wear it regardless, but I'm going to definitely don the mask, and if I was able to find a set of robes, I would definitely try to trade somebody for a set of robes because I've got hide armor right now, but I don't want to appear to be, you know, an armored whatever individual looking for trouble. I want to try and be as nonchalant as I can, kind of blend in as much as possible. So if I'm able to find robes, I would trade those and then don those before exiting the ship. Um, if not, I would uh, just exit the ship and then try and find a clother so I could kind of 
get rid not get rid of the shadowed cleft, but kind of like leave the shadowed cleft behind me with everything. Yeah, while you're sort of standing there, you see uh, one of the other passengers aboard this ship, a older half elf gentleman. Uh, he's completely bald. One of his eyebrows is nearly completely fallen out from stress of the travel and the storms and whatnot. But he is wearing a long, darkish red cloak, and in his hands he's clutching it like a little, not like a suitcase as much as it is like a, a suitcase-sized wooden leather box type thing. Okay, yeah, I would definitely walk up to him and uh, uh, first try to negotiate for switching the leather armor out. If you won't take the, the armor, then I will uh, offer him some coin for it. His eyes sort of pass over and he says, um... Would you be willing to trade and perhaps give me um, five silver? Oh, y- yes, not a problem. I would kind of uh, stammer a little bit at that price, uh, expecting to pay way more, uh, having mostly played high-level campaigns and stuff where you're throwing gold around. <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely pull out five silver right there, and I would uh, add a, a, a sixth one in there uh, just to sweeten the deal and say thank you very, very much. You have no idea how much this is uh, means to me. Air fills his cheeks, and then he lets out a massive gasp. His his uh, expression turns to one of just joy as he says, oh, oh, "Oh, thank you very much. That is brilliant." I almost turned into dandy in that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Cornelius, is that you? <laughs> Sorry, I wouldn't know Cornelius. <laughs> I'm also running under the the idea that I don't know your guys's characters either. I this would be like pre-planning session one before we create the characters, so I wouldn't know anything about you guys. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, he he uh, quickly undons the um, cloak and hands it over to you, saying. Um, already the smell, and then <laughs> tries to t- take the armor off of you, helps you sort of uh, doff the armor. Okay, yeah, awesome. Then as soon as I've got the cloak up, I would pull the hood and, you know, have the mask on, and then just wait for arriving. He uh, takes it off you and opens up his little box. Uh, you see a number of little knickknacks within, and he places the armor within his little box, and then closes it up and clutches it to his chest once more looking towards Port City uh, with a smile on his face. Awesome. Yeah, so the ship docks up and a plank is tossed down onto the jetty itself. A man in armor appears to be waiting at the end of the jetty with a small sort of ledger, kind of taking note of people who are coming and what their cargo is and things like that line. Okay. I have zero stealthing ability. And, well, and realistically, I don't want to chance it since I'm just getting here. So I would just wave very friendly, and uh, I would not have summoned my spear or my uh, glaive. I would, because uh, I get the summing that glaive with uh, patron thing. So I would just come down in robes and a hood and uh, just say that I'm here on guild business and uh, give my name as Bob and leave it at that. He says, uh... Very nice to meet you, Bob. <laughs> and uh, which of the guilds would you be heading towards? A Tinker's Guild for now. Oh, yes, of course. And he pulls out a small map and begins um, pointing you in the direction, trying to give you a vague idea of how to get there. And uh, 
is a bit creeped out by the fact you're wearing the mask, but he's seen plenty of odd things in his day coming through these docks, so he is relatively uh, accepting of the uh, attire. Awesome. Yeah, I would, even though I'm pretty sure I know where it's at, uh, I, I would be very polite and wait for him to finish and say, thank you very much. I hope the rest of your day goes well. Oh, you too. So, uh, you make your way towards the Thinker's Guild? Yeah, yeah, I would make my way there. I would kind of take note of what's around me as I'm walking up that way, but I probably wouldn't start today. Um, would I have been able to figure out what day it was, uh, either on the ship or from the guy up front? Uh, yeah, one of the people on the ship itself, uh, there were a number of, like, smaller merchants traveling on the ship from the Shadowed Cleft. Um, and many of them would have kept calendars. Okay, no problem. And I would know that, uh, you know, the, with the festival and that and all the crazy stuff that's going on, um, I wouldn't know exactly what was going on. I would just know that there's a festival there. So I would probably hold off on visiting merchants or doing anything like that and just kind of taking note of what's around me as I walk up that direction. Yeah, you see, you see many as you head down that center road leading into the city, you see many people beginning to slowly get their wares together and uh, set up like wooden stalls and things of that nature for the coming festival, uh, getting ready for a large, hopefully very profitable uh, festival season. Okay, yeah. And I don't think I would... I probably wouldn't actually go through the mages or the merchants area going up that main road, but I probably would try to cut through the temple district just to kind of get a visual clue and to see if like the the Raven Queen and all that kind of stuff, even though technically she's not a goddess, uh, just to see if they have any kind of temple of worship there uh, for her as well. Okay. Uh, roll a d20 for me. Yeah, that was a 10. <laughs> a 10. Make an investigation check for me as well. Or perception, whichever you can justify. Okay. I'm yeah, equally fine. bad at both. So that was a 10 again. <laughs> All right, yeah, you you were unable to find any large establishment or any sort of shrines or anything related to the Raven Queen. Okay. Uh, how, what what are the different uh, temples here again? The Temple for Life and Healing? Yeah, they're set up um, on opposite sides are good and evil, and then on um, the in-between spots on either side would be neutral gods of, like, civilization and commerce, and then on the opposite side would be, like, neutral temples of primal forces and nature. So, literally, anything that you can imagine is probably here somewhere. You just have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that roll, though, you are unable. A few people sort of walk by some of the rougher-looking people heading from the evil um, the evil temples, as you do know, the Raven Queen has a number of enemies, mm-hmm. and just the insignia of the Raven Queen upon you uh, has brought the eye of some of the temple goers to give you a little uh, sneer and then walk off in the other direction. Okay, uh, if I thought they were going to be, well, no, this is a pretty civilized area. I wouldn't think they'd be hostile, but I would definitely, you know, my hand would twitch a little bit, you know, getting ready to summon that glaive just in case. Uh, and I would uh, definitely have my familiar perched on my shoulder, so um, that probably doesn't help my image at all. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for these people in particular, that I mean, you don't really need to make friends with the super evil guys. Yeah, pretty much. Just need to stay out of their way. <laughs> and I all would right, mumble. So make... Oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, uh, i got to play out my personality trait a little bit. So as I'm uh, walking through this area, uh, one of my personality traits with the Harlequin is, uh, in the morning, is I often speak to those I've lost as if they were standing right beside me. So I would definitely mumble kind of to myself out loud. I would say, God, will you look at that? There are all sorts of temples there. I bet you guys wouldn't believe your eyes if you saw this, just as I'm walking through. Uh, a small halfling man next to you just uh, says, uh, No, honestly, I have no idea. I'm new <laughs> here, and uh, I've never seen so many temples in my life. Looks up to you, waiting for a response, but you're just peeking off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, looking off into the distance, and uh, as soon as I realized that he was talking to me, I would kind of look down at him, blush bright red underneath my mask, and then kind of hurriedly walk off towards the Tinker's okay. Guild. I feel like we've all had that moment in our lives where we talk to someone who's on the phone, but we don't realize they're on the phone. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> As he realizes you're not speaking to him, he sort of also blushes and <laughs> makes his way into the crowd. He's a light foot halfling, so he uses the ability to hide behind people and obscure himself. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. All right, yeah, you make your way to the Temple's Guild. No, sorry, the Tinker's Guild. And, um... Cutting through the many people, it's very shoulder to shoulder here. Everyone's getting ready for the uh, the would the uh, the celebrations sort of be starting already, or would they be in a few days? Uh, yeah, on the fourteenth, it would mostly just be people setting stuff up. On the fifteenth uh, and the sixteenth is when the festival actually occurs. The fifteenth being the uh, uh, kind of the ritual and business side of it, and the sixteenth being the fun and crazy festival side of it. Okay. Yeah, everyone is uh, running around frantically, uh, trying to get things working. You see the... Um, I'm not sure whether you would know them because of the... Would you have an idea of who the gods are within the world? Like ones that we've created on Discord, like as the uh, the Adventuring Guild? I would not. I'm, I'm not going to be that meta. So I would not okay. know all of the gods, but I would have a basic idea of the D&D pantheon but probably not the home okay. ruins. Uh, you, you would see a number of clerics running out of a uh, rather interesting-looking establishment with lots of bright colours and silk sort of flowing from the door instead of actually having a door, and they're wielding uh, big tankards of beer and <laughs> kegs, and they are <laughs> they're rushing around. Uh, you see a sign saying uh, House of Worship of the Ale Father, and they are going and getting ready for a big party. I, I begin to think about my religious preferences and uh, <laughs> uh, look longingly towards the ale house. <laughs> but I, I resist for now. That yeah, yeah, exactly. I resist for now, but I definitely uh, make a mental note to visit this on their big celebration worship day. <laughs> Nothing says a hangover like Sunday morning. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, you may even pass one of them. They would offer you a uh, cup of ale in the morning. Oh, I would. If you would take it. Yes, I would drink from it very, very quickly. Uh, having not probably had much in the way of alcohol uh, for a while, and I am a big fa- fan of uh, craft brews. So as you take this beer and or ale and begin drinking it down, you see them all like any good frat boy. They begin shouting, 
chug, 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 chug as you slowly down the beer. Um, one of the, the sort of head cleric um, looks to you and says, um, Hey, dude, what, uh, what do you have planned for this festival? I would say uh, I probably wouldn't, like, copy the language as much as I really want to, uh, loving those really stupid, dumb college stoner movies. But um, <laughs> I would definitely say, oh, well, yeah, I will, I'll be back for sure to, to take part in the uh, Ale Fathers uh, ceremonies. I'll, I'll definitely come see you guys during the festival. That's cool, my dude. We're looking for someone to tribute to become the Ale Father's champion of the Hat of Amazing Worship. I'll make note of that. <laughs> I'm new in town, so I don't know if I'm worthy, but I will come check it out nonetheless. He uh, points over behind him, and you see um, three uh, very buff uh, humans in the similar garb carrying out a, a hat of sorts, but connected to each side of this hat is probably a, I don't know how many five gallons is, but a five gallon keg of ale. Oh my gosh, which, that is ridiculous. tubes going down to the mouth. That is fantastic. I say, I see, I've seen something like that in college years ago. It's gonna be insane! <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I would uh, finish the 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 a, uh, ale or meat or whatever and hand him back the cup and uh, wish him well and uh, may your hangovers be light and quick to disappear. Totally. <laughs> and then he tries to high five you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I would. I would move my hand to wherever he was drunkenly swinging so it'd actually make contact. Perfect. Yeah, he, he's stoked. After that, he just sort of wobbles back over towards the giant beer hat. That's awesome. I would then uh, kind of try and duck out of the way so that I'm able to get to the Tinker's Guild before the the sacred pill-popping church or something comes up to me <laughs> next. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> A common pantheon, a common god in your world. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. God of pills. Yes, god of pills. The the Xanax or uh, uh, <laughs> oxycotton god or something. At the band, yeah. Father Zen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Oh man. Um, <laughs> well then, we've just completely derailed your world. Yeah, pretty so much. I'll have to make it a, a appearance now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Gonna start working on those holy rites and uh, sacred rituals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, you continue on to the Tinker's Guild, making your way through. If I can get up this map, so yeah, you continue your way over to the Tinker's Guild, and that would be only to that'd be fairly close to where you are. So it takes you the better part of maybe ten minutes or so to push through the crowds and uh, work your way into that district. Uh, as you arrive, you see tinkers are out in the streets themselves uh, with different toolkits and whatnot, working on their uh, next invention on the road and sort of in open view of everyone around them. Awesome. Oh, yeah, and I totally forgot I have the uh, the horse with me. I named her Epona because uh, Legend of Zelda, and I'm a nerd. Um, so uh, I would have been, rather than riding, since I had all those interactions with the... Uh, 
college frat bros, I would uh, uh, be leading her, I guess, by the rain. So as I got up to the Tinker's Guild um, and kind of in that area, I would start looking for a stables or something nearby that I can put her uh, so that I'm able to, you know, actually interact and go into buildings without having to worry about bringing a horse with me. Draft horses in buildings last time didn't end up uh, working too well. (laughs) Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, Near the Tinker's Guild itself, they would have a set of stables for their members and whatnot to uh, stow away their horses and uh, vehicles. Um, You see a burly dwarf, dwarven man, uh, sort of standing at the front, waiting and looking expectantly as you you approach with uh, your horse. Yeah, I would pull out a silver piece. I know that's probably overpaying, but uh, I would pull out a silver piece and uh, uh, flick it to him and hand him the reins and say uh, she's still recovering from some abuse from her last owner, uh, so treat her right, and uh, uh, I'll give you another one when I get back. Of course, we'll uh, get her lots of good food. Okay, I would hand over the reins and nod. Um, I don't think... I don't have really any possessions yet. Um... To speak of, so I would uh, probably just be carrying all my stuff with me, so I wouldn't have to worry about saddlebags or anything. And you make your way into the Tinker's Guild, I Yeah, yeah, I would uh, definitely, after marveling at this building, I would uh, definitely make my way inside. Oh yeah, the, is it four stories or five stories? Uh, five stories tall, I think, is what I put down, and there would be like airships, uh, you know, very steampunk looking, um, slightly gothic with the the, like airship at the top, you know, docked and and all sorts of weird electrical and gears and stuff all over the building. It would be a, a mess, but an amazing looking mess. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and as you approach the door, you see that it is it's a glass sort of a circular doorway leading through, and as you approach, you feel a pressure plate sort of push down into the ground um, underneath the stonework. And the plates of this glass sort of retract and move away from one another and open, allowing you entry within to the Tinker's Guild itself. I would probably stop when they open, step back so they close, and then step back on there again, and then I would walk through. (laughs) (laughs) You see a gnome sort of looking at you confused from the other side of the glass, just like (laughs) watching your interaction with this door. I, I would say, sorry, I haven't seen this kind of thing in a while. <laughs> oh, a while? Are you new here? Uh, yeah, I just came off the boat. Uh, I come from the Shadowed Cleft. And I would start to say, like, Minden or whatever, but then I would be like, the Shadowed Cleft, because that's kind of where I got dropped into, and I don't want to start confusing people with weird names of non-relative towns. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the min shadow cleft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A great place. Been there many times. Ah, oh, glad to hear. <laughs> so are you looking to uh, sign up with the Tinker's Guild? I assume you haven't been here before, considering your fascination with the door itself. Uh, y- yes, I- I'm very much interested in joining with the... Uh, Tinker's Guild, and I would kind of self-consciously in one of the pockets of my robes, I'd have my cell phone, and I would kind of like self-consciously like touch the phone, and be like, I, I have some ideas for some things that I think could be very innovative. I just need the means to do it. 
Well, we are all for innovation here and allowing people to innovate and share ideas. So it would be a honor if you would join us. Yes, I would. I would love to. Uh, uh, I'm Bob, and I'd hold out my hand to shake and say, "I take me to where I need to go to sign." Yes, and he would take your hand and uh, say, "Dot dot dot." <laughs> my name is. I don't know how many minutes I've had to cut out while I'm frantically pulling up fantasy name generator and looking for a name I can pronounce. <laughs> he, he says, "Yeah, my name is." Uh, it's wonderful to meet you. Likewise, Bob. Uh, he would uh, sort of continue grabbing onto your hand, but then like pull you forward further into the room, and then put his hand sort of on your back, and then like walk with you forward towards uh, a larger desk over to one of the sides. There's um, the inside of this building. Um, you can only see on the current floor, but you hear. Uh, the clinging and clanging of many tinkers above you from the floors above and their experiments and you see a number of uh, all sorts of different races and people of different types uh, working on their crafts and whatnot. You notice there seems to be a theme going along at the moment. Um, a lot of them appear to be working on different types of farming equipment. You coming from Minden know your way around uh, or have seen corn sort of farming, I believe. Yes, Nebraska is known for its corn. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd see different kinds of uh, sort of steampunky, uh, Victorian-era-esque types of machines that look to have similar functions being worked in, in, the, uh, in the workshop currently. That's awesome. Yeah, and since I also work at a museum, I definitely would would be taking note of some of those designs and kind of comparing it into my in my head with what the farm equipment was, you know, like, you know, early years and stuff and, and how it's different. All right, so the gnome takes you up to the desk and uh, you see that it is currently vacant. There's no one standing behind it. But as you do approach, you see a small tuft of hair from behind and a large head as a gnome sort of stands up onto a stool uh, to meet your gaze. Okay, yeah, I would do my best not to be, you know, I, I don't want to look down on this person, so I, I would kind of do my best to to act natural and just say, oh, hi, uh, I'm Bob, and uh, I have some ideas that I think uh, I could share with the guild, and I would love to sign up. He uh, sort of raises his glasses off his face and just says, uh, well then, welcome to the guild! And he puts his little hand out, and uh, you see in his hand he's got a pen, and he's sort of pushing a sort of ledger forward for you to sign and begin your uh, sign-up and entry into the guild itself. Okay, yeah. Uh, my penmanship would be terrible not being used to writing with a quill, but uh, I would do my best to sign Bob as, as neatly, quote-unquote, as I could. <laughs> Uh, what do you plan on working on? I, I once again, my hand would like reflexively go to that cell phone, but I would uh, reach into my bag and I would pull out uh, my hard hat that I got with my background, and I would say, "Oh, I've got all sorts of, of interesting ideas." And this hard hat would be kind of that hard plastic 
um, on the outside with the with the foam spacers and stuff. And I would say, uh, I've got all sorts of ideas, like different kinds of protective equipment and things. Um, but truth be told, I would love to look into um, creating some of the different forms of energy or maybe looking into... Uh, down some of the alchemy lines. Right now, I'm kind of just looking all over the place. I haven't set my heart on anything specific yet. Well, jack of all trades, I see. Well, on the fourth floor, is it the fourth floor of the greenhouse at the top of the building? I, fifth floor? I don't think I specified, but yeah, let's go with that. I like that idea of having a giant rooftop greenhouse. The fifth floor, we grow all sorts of interesting ingredients for alchemists. Uh, a number of the other floors have uh, all sorts of different kinds of innovations going on, so you can really dip your toes into every single pool of innovation here, I tell you. Okay, my eyes get wide when he talks and about he's that. Just got a, he's, uh, he's lightening up with a smile, uh, seeing someone come in who has a, uh, a profound sort of interest in invention. Okay, yeah, I would pack my hard hat back into the bag and uh, start making my way towards the stairs or whatever uh, that lead up. I would, I would thank, um, uh, crap, I don't remember his name. I would make up, uh, uh, I would just turn to him and say, oh, thank you very much, uh, my friend, for uh, helping me uh, sign up. Uh, it was wonderful to meet you, and I hope I run into you again soon. And uh, shake his hand and then try and turn away very quickly, hoping he doesn't notice that I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, do- he doesn't take notice, and he just continues. Uh, he smiles and gives you a wave and continue- continues on with uh, some tinkering and whatnot, uh, moving over towards a group of gnomes and a human who appears to be working on a uh, what appears to be four sides. Is that how you say it? Side, side, side. Um, connected to a central motor that spins them around rapidly for rapid uh, grain collection, of course. Ooh, yeah, that's very interesting. I would definitely take a little bit of a closer look at that and then pull myself away, wanting to kind of just wander through the guild just to kind of get a general idea of everything before finding my lodging and turning in for the night. Awesome. Uh, You said you had an interest in the alchemy. Would you take a look at the uh, greenhouses? Yeah, I would probably, as I was going up the stairs, um, just kind of look at, you know, each floor, just kind of peek my head in the hall, just to kind of see what's here until I got to the greenhouse, and I would spend a little bit more time up at the top. All right, yeah. Uh, the Oh, there's many, there's even stories or levels to this guild underground. Correct, yeah. Uh, they go up and down. I probably wouldn't explore the basement this time. Um, I was thinking kind of underground would be where they test, like, bombs and and other potentially explosive things, you know, kind of that underground bunker, because I would be extremely worried about a bomb department on the third floor, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just below the greenhouse, I'm sure the plants would love that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Here is where we test our extremely poisonous chemicals, and here is where we test our potions right next door to each other. And here's the cafeteria in between. Yeah, so as you uh, make your way up the floors, you see... A lot of the uh, inventions are themed towards uh, harvesting and things along those lines as it is about to be uh, the festival. Is it called the Festival of Harvest or Seeding? Uh, so Seed Sowing Festival. Seed Sowing, sorry. So uh, you see a lot of inventions geared towards that festival itself. Uh, as you go up a level, you see a number of sort of mech suits almost at the end of which are 
cannons with a bunch of seeds in the cannons, like a big uh, glass canister <laughs> of seeds that the, the cannon hand will shoot out. Uh, future industrialist enhancer weapon for sure. Exactly, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you continue to another level and you see uh, warforged people being worked on and uh, modified. Uh, another level would have uh, artificers uh, blending spells and magic at the same time, spells and uh, technology at the same time. A little bit taboo in this uh, world, but uh, they are doing so, um, keeping to themselves within their uh, layer of this uh, guild hall. Uh, another level would have uh, what else is there to have? People doing all sorts of wacky experiments <laughs> yeah. with uh, wireless technology sending bolts of electricity across the room to power a, a uh, small sort of uh, clockwork radio that sends out a discordant melody uh, things along those lines as you're making your way to the top of the breed. Okay, yeah, I would definitely just kind of take note of that and uh, definitely plan on visiting at some later point. Yeah, as you uh, enter or get to the top level, the staircase leading you up sort of exits outdoors and the greenhouse isn't necessarily as much of a level as it is just sort of a large structure built atop the structure itself. But it is a very hefty-sized greenhouse. And as you are approaching, you see that the uh, door has a small sort of stepping stone before it and um, a number of people are coming and going as they plant their feet onto it you watch as a spray of greenish mist sort of wafts over their feet before they enter okay yeah I would definitely stand in line and prepare for that uh, I brought steel toe boots with me over from the other side so I would uh, you know just kind of regret that my boots are going to get soaked, but uh, go through anyway. <laughs> yeah, as you uh, approach and it is your turn to step on the little stone pad, you step on it and the spray goes across. Uh, a bit confused about what exactly just happened, but you step within and uh, see an immaculate uh, garden of different types of fruit, vegetables, uh, herbs, plants of all kinds from across the world placed within this one greenhouse for the alchemist to pick from and choose from at will. Okay, yeah. I would... Well, I would probably be super tempted to first just whip out my, my journal, my book or whatever and uh, attempt to take as many notes as possible as far as what's here. But other than that, I would probably just try to take it in, not really knowing what any of these plants do yet. Um... So, yeah, I probably would just kind of take it in and make notes of what's here and, and try to remember them for next time. Absolutely. Uh, you see people, like, picking picking different uh, herbs and whatnot. Uh, someone takes what looks like a mint leaf from back on Earth and claps it within their hand, and as they clap it, a small sort of electrical charge discharges into their hand. Uh, just all sorts of oddities and uh, plant life that you're not quite sure the... Uh, use of. Yeah. I, I would definitely take note of that effect on whatever plant that was named. And uh, uh, after kind of looking, I would probably want to head out. It's been a heck of a day, so I would probably want to secure lodgings, make sure the that my horse is, uh, you know, stabled, you know, now more permanently, and uh, probably go from there. Yeah, without issue, you uh, the 
guild itself is very spacious and there are plenty of room, plenty of rooms for all of its members. Uh, each room comes equipped with four sort of uh, areas or four rooms within this large um, domicile. Uh, a, a bedroom, a living room slash kitchen, and a bathroom with uh, a bathroom with indoor plumbing and then a laboratory with all sorts of equipment and whatnot for your experiments. Awesome. Yeah, I would I would definitely look around and and uh, kind of take note of what's here and and uh, very much appreciate the indoor plumbing because uh, that wouldn't be something that would be super common, I wouldn't think. But with the uh, uh, Tinker's Guild, it kind of makes sense that they would be more innovative. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would say that the rooms itself are um, imagine like those car car garages that have a lift that lift the car up into the building. Oh, I'd that's so that the cool. Room, the rooms are on like one end, but they're all stacked vertically on top of each other, and as you walk in, you're slowly sort of lifted up so another person can enter their room. Ah, oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> You'll have to get used to the sound of the lift and sort of chains pulling your room up and about everywhere, but uh, once you do, I'm sure you'll get a great night's sleep. Yeah, and I'm deaf as a post in one ear anyway, so I shouldn't be too bad off. And I fully intend on, as soon as I can afford a wagon, uh, I'm going to try and get a wagon built and outfitted and then just kind of camp on the outskirts of town, not wanting to... I, I don't like to have a ton of people around me all the time, so I would definitely want to, as soon as I'm able to afford it, uh, get a wagon and kind of rough it a little bit, uh, only really returning when I need to use some of the guild services or whatever. So as you sort of slowly lie in the bed and your eyes begin closing, the sounds of the chains pulling your room up and down through this elaborate system of uh, elevators and uh, movers within the Tinker's Guild, uh, the sound begins to slowly fade to nothing but is quickly replaced by the beating of raven wing and your mind sort of passes into a dream seeing uh, blocks of ravens flying over like a black sky sort of posting across a wind that's pulling them along and um, over the top of, uh, sorry, they're flying and coasting and uh, your vision sort of gazes forward towards a immaculately large sort of beautiful fortress of black rock huh. uh, with your knowledge, uh, do you have no? You'd have a fair amount of knowledge of like Raven Queen from your time in the real world. Yeah, and I have. Uh, oh no, wait! I got that rid of that skill. Um, never mind. I was gonna say I have uh, proficiency in Arcana, but I got rid of that when I rebuilt the character. So, uh, never mind. Okay. Well, give me a history or intelligence check to see, or uh, Arcana check to see if you can. Remember this. Or religion, sorry. Okay. Not that uh, 15 naturally. I don't have any pluses. Alright, yeah, you know this. What you are having a vision of right now would be the uh, Raven Queen's. What would the word be? Uh, castle within the Shadowfell itself. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah, I would. Well, I guess I'm sleeping, so I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. But. Um, <laughs> going to try to remember it when I wake up and write it down as quickly as I'm able to. Yeah, and as soon as you see it, you slip out of the dream and back into like a deeper sleep. As you wake up, you do have a brief memory of seeing the ravens sort of flying overhead and then looking down onto this uh, large black castle. Okay, yeah, I would write it down immediately. 
so as not to forget it, and then I would kind of stroke the top of my familiar's head and uh, uh, kind of talk to the raven or whatever um, as almost like a link in between the uh, patron and me kind of a thing. And I would say thank you very, very much for all the assistance you've given me so far. I I promise to be the best, uh, I guess, warlock. <laughs> I've not really taken the warlock class, but I, I promise to, to serve as best as I'm able to and uh, just kind of stroke the bird for a little bit before getting up and starting my day. The raven's just sort of looking at you. Uh, its beady eyes blink that one at a time slowly, so the left closes and the right closes, the left open and the right opens, before it just lets out a core right in your direction. Okay. Uh, not being freaked out by that, I promise. <laughs> um, I get up and start my day. <laughs> All right. What would you like to achieve today? Uh, today... Since I know I have a little bit of meta knowledge about the festival and all the festivals in the world pretty much take two days, the first day would be more of the business religion side of things, and the second day would be more of the fun festival time things. Um, I would probably spend today, um, I would do a walk around town just to see what there is, and then middle of the afternoon, I would probably try to return back to the Tinker's Guild and find some copper wire and some magnets and that kind of stuff and start to slowly work on building an electric motor since I've actually done that in real life I can have a little bit I have a little bit of knowledge of how that's supposed to work in the real world at least awesome so you'd like to go out and try and acquire those things yeah I would uh, uh, first wander through the town just to see what's there in the morning time Um, and then uh, once it starts getting busy with people and stuff crowding the streets I would retreat back to the Tinker's Guild and try and get the supplies that I need to build the motor. Alright, yeah. As you are sort of set out into the streets around the Tinkers Guild, uh, you see the um, many, many Tinkers working on their uh, works, nearly nearly finishing it for the days ahead, and they are sort of presenting the final uh, final craft of, what's the word I'm looking for, final versions of their inventions to each other and sort of having a little display before they uh, go off and try to um, use them or sell them to someone in a business or something along those lines. Okay. Uh, you do see that crazy horse-sized uh, death machine <laughs> out the front. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, they, yeah, I make a okay. wide arc around it. <laughs> <laughs> One of these sides sort of flies off the end and goes flying into a crowd but luckily doesn't hit anyone, sort of scattering across the ground. <laughs> And the rest of the machine is off balance, so it just sort of chucks the uh, rest of the machine off and it just slams into the ground and falls apart. I reflect on why didn't I take the shield spell. (laughs) (laughs) Protect from flying sides, of course. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so you make your way out. Uh, You see that large central street bisects the entire city. It's just littered with all sorts of different tents of uh, different colors, and with different kinds of people behind them. Uh, the products and wares and whatnot that they're selling vary from uh, furniture to clothing, uh, weapons and armor to religious knickknacks, things of all kinds that would uh, you could find here. Okay, I would probably just kind of skim over it for right now. I don't think I would stop unless I thought that I could find, you know, copper wire or magnets or whatever. If I, if I thought that I saw some of that on one of the tables, I would probably stop. But otherwise, 
I would probably just keep an eye out for anything really odd or unique. Um, as opposed to just kind of random knickknacks. I'm trying to stay as light and minimal as possible since I plan on eventually moving into a small wagon. I don't want to acquire too much. Fair enough. Uh, give me a perception or investigation check. Alright. Or maybe, maybe a perception check. Okay, uh, 16 without modifiers. I don't have any modifiers, so 16. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, you find one of the tinkers who hasn't strayed too far from the tinkers guild and is in the uh, on the stretch that you are currently walking down as a uh, what looks to be his previous invention, which was some sort of clockwork familiar, <laughs> had a had a mishap and has just exploded. But he is trying to pedal off the uh, <laughs> all the different components of that clockwork familiar to make some money back on his investment. Okay, I make cooing sounds of sympathy. Um, uh, pretty words of, oh man, that's rough. I'm so sorry. Hey, do you happen to have any copper magnets? <laughs> you see like a small tear run down his face as he just sort of like put points to uh, the upper chest cavity of the clockwork familiar. Uh, <laughs> within, he begins like pulling out some copper and there's a few magnets within that. Okay, yeah, I would ask him how much, and I probably wouldn't argue with him too much about the price unless it was super extortionate, but um, I probably wouldn't argue too much and just pay him whatever he said it was probably worth. Uh, he says, uh, it's a... The tear runs down his face. It's, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a... He just starts crying but holds out a hand. Okay, yeah, I would definitely hand him the coin. He grasps it and sort of grasps around your hand at the same time and just sort of shakes your hand and cries towards you, sort of half smiling and half crying at the same time, then retracts it and nods. Okay. I'm going to have to start watching how much coin I'm spending doing this, but it's to a good cause. And once I'm able to charge my cell phone, I think that'll be a major advancement, you know, plus all the other stuff I want to be able to do with the industrialist class. No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so you continue walking along looking for anything interesting uh, You see a number of smaller pet stores uh, All sorts of oddi- uh, oddities and whatnot from across the globe uh, A interesting furniture maker Who is making um, furniture from uh, different recycled pieces from the docks uh, whatnot so he's got um seats made from shipping container crate things and uh netting and whatnot like that yeah i would take note of where he is because once i get the wagon um and all that i'm gonna need furniture made and technically i have carpenter's tools but depending on the price i may just pay somebody to do it and uh learn some of that kind of stuff because that would be fun to do i like that kind of stuff now you see a jewelry merchant uh, holding out various articles of jewelry, he has um, got his fingers on a large gem on the end of a ring, just sort of like flaunting it on his finger up in the air and shouting out, uh, "Beautiful ring for sale! Beautiful ring! Lots of ring!" And uh, he points behind him, and there's a nice-looking stall with uh, different glass cases with different jewelry and things like that within. Uh, there's lots of different uh, lots of different stalls with all kinds of different uh, 
with and whatnot with it. Yeah, with the jewelry run, I'm going to once again play off one of my personality things. I would unconsciously spin my uh, spin the ring on my finger and uh, mumble, oh, I bet you probably would have loved these or uh, loved one of these and laughed at some of the sizes of those gems. That would have cost me more than two paychecks for sure. And uh, just keep <laughs> mumbling as I walk down the street. <laughs> the same half of man is next to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, I love ring. <laughs> no. That's fantastic. <laughs> Imagine. All right. <laughs> yeah, you continue walking down. Uh, what else did you need to uh, acquire today? Uh, that would have been the most of it. After I got the magnets and the wire, I would, uh, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to find some sort of metal casing or something along those lines and, and, a rod of some variety, you know, in the Tinker's Guild itself, you know, pretty common um, material. So it was the copper wire and the magnets that I was most worried about being able to find. Yeah, and you would be able to receive those, I believe, for a discounted price buying from the Merchant's Guild. Uh, sorry, the uh, Tinker's Guild, correct? Um, let me see. I actually don't have it written on here that I get a discount with the Tinker's Guild. So I'm going to say no for right now, but I'll figure it out later. I'm sure there's probably some sort of system like that set up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you continue moving on, you see a leather worker who uh, makes different leather armors from the pelts of exotic animals from across the world. Um, you see a set of leather armor made from a tiger's pelt, and uh, he's just sort of uh, got it on display, holding it up. And he moves off to the side and shows another that appears to be made from like a dire wolf's hel- uh, pelt. And um, huh. he's draping it down over top of himself and showing people. There's a number of people sort of gathered around. Uh, this The armor doesn't look any more effective than like a regular sort of set of leather, da- leather armor. But it definitely has a flamboyant sort of twist to it that a lot of the upper class uh, who may, you know, engage in uh, combat at some point would be interested in. Yeah, that would definitely... I, I'd be interested in, you know, looking at... Kind of trying to figure out what the price was, you know, for reference later in case I need cash down the road, you know, making note of expensive or, you know, exotic hides might be worth something to some of these guys. But uh, other than that, I would probably just start making my way back towards the Tinker's Guild, only stopping if I see, you know, something really crazy or whatever. Otherwise, I'd probably head back so that I can begin working on the uh, small motor... And then I'm starting to realize that now that Grill is in here, I won't have any way to see in the dark. So I'm probably going to want to start working on some sort of, you know, light or something along those lines. Uh, not wanting to carry a torch, you know, some sort of lantern that yeah. I could hang off my belt or something like that. Cool. Definitely. All right. So you can continue back. I'll get you to roll me a D100. All right. Come on, zero, zero, one. <laughs> 74. 74. All right. Uh, Walking along, you see a merchant who is dealing with different books and maps. Uh, He's just sort of screaming out at the top of his lungs over the top of everyone else. Maps and books! Maps and books! All the different places of the multiverse! Yeah, that would definitely get my attention, and I would get pretty close, uh realizing I'm probably going to want to start taking notes on the things around me and and uh, start figuring out from what I remember what might be different places. Maybe sell that information later. 
Yeah, uh, his uh, loud, boisterous nature is sort of uh, warding away all the common folk who are kind of like giving him a wide berth. But as you break through the crowd and walk towards him, he says, Ah, oh, my friend, come, come to me. I have many maps and books. Yeah, I definitely get right up near the front of the group and, and look at what he's got available. He says, uh, Tell me, everybody wants to be rich, no? Yes. No. Well, <laughs> I cut you off completely. <laughs> well, I have the map for you. A treasure map said to contain riches at the end. Uh, 100% insight check this. <laughs> okay, go for it. All right. Uh, hey, I'm actually proficient in that one. Hey, that would be a 19. 17 plus 2. <laughs> he rolled a 3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's looking at it, and you're looking at him, and then he looks back at you, and you definitely get the feel he's uh, exuding a feeling of guilt. <laughs> I, being the smartass that I am, would not be able to help myself, and I would say, kind of not mimicking his voice 100%, but a little bit that loud, boisterous, whatever, I would say, and I have a bridge to sell you if you're interested. <laughs> Look, I just tried to make a, a gold, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I would nod and I'd say, yeah, I, I totally get that, but it, you know, get level with me. I, I'll buy something if if it's truly what you say it is and what if it's worth it. But you know, don't try to sell me crap. I like you. You are a true customer. All right, all right. Quickly, come and look at my selection. He gets really in close to you and raises an eyebrow and smiles a little bit. <laughs> Never being one to be the butt end of a joke, I would uh, get just as close and raise my eyebrow and say, I can't wait to see what selection you have. <laughs> he, he says, um, the treasure map may be a counterfeit, but it is because I must fund my research into maps and books. I have gotten real, real interesting things from across the world and other worlds. And he sort of uh, lifts a leather um, book off of a stand, um, draped in dust. He just sort of like blows the dust from it. And uh, you see on the front cover, it is a guidebook to giants. Ooh. I... Go ahead. Many things you need to know about giants of all kinds. I would... No, I'm not going to insight him right away, but I would um, have my raven uh, climb up onto my shoulder a little bit. Like, you know, I would kind of mentally command it to uh, stretch its talons a little bit, you know, make sure that he knows it's there. And I would say, oh, that's very interesting. I know my queen would definitely be interested in uh, acquiring any knowledge in this field, for sure. And who is it that you serve? Uh, I kind of gesture at the raven and at my mask and say, I'm pretty sure you can guess. Ah, as I serve books and maps, you serve bird and mask. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I just let it be. (laughs) I don't have the heart to correct him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this guidebook for giants is only one price a very very reasonable price you will find this book nowhere else 
in all of the world for just the price of 60 gold pieces. I would bring up my pouch and I would run it out on the, the, the desk or booth or whatever and be like, this is literally all I have to my name. Set it aside for me and I will be back for it as soon as I get the gold. And I would kind of scoop the gold back into the pouch. How much uh, do you have there, approximately? Uh, approximately 21 gold and some random silver pieces. He'd say, uh, okay, okay, it's fine, I set this aside, but I have things for people of your price range. I raise an eyebrow. Come and look. He raises his eyebrow and says, <laughs> come and look at my not-so-good selection. <laughs> I humor, <laughs> I humor him in order to get him to you know be nice enough to actually hold the book for me, but I don't plan on buying anything unless I see something very unique. Uh, I might I may buy a map of the world, but that would be about it. Uh, yeah, he he he, uh, he opens uh, unscrolls a uh, uh, piece of parchment that has a sort of map on it uh, depicting the. What is the current? What is the mainland with Port City called? Uh, the Elemental Islands is uh, the one continent that we're on, and then there's also uh, Arcanum and uh, the Kang Islands are the three. Okay. Yeah, it would be a map of the Elemental Islands. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely kind of scratch my chin and be like, "Hmm, you've already seen what I've got. So, what are you asking for that?" He says. Uh, this is not regular map, my friend. No, no, look at the detail. I squint. This, cart- <laughs> this, this cartographer took great care in detailing every little island off the, off the coast, too. Who knows? Maybe these treasure maps are fake, but this could be a map that leads you to treasure someday as well. So it is as valuable as a real treasure map, I say. I continue scratching my chin and just looking at him dubiously. For this map of the elemental eye, of such detail the cartographer went into, this map will cost you a paltry sum of only 16 gold pieces <laughs> and 2 silver. I don't immediately laugh at him, but I definitely stifle a laugh and uh, I lean a little think- bit. Okay. He would see, see the hesitancy and be like, 15 gold, 14 gold pieces, I would, 13 gold pieces. <laughs> no, seeing that he's coming down, I I reach into my my uh, robes and I pull out my real wallet from, like, back here. And I say, I know that you are a man of books and documents. I have a very rare set of uh, currencies here from a faraway land that you could at some point possibly turn in for something very grand and I pull out of my wallet a $20 bill a $10 bill a $5 bill and five $1 bills and I kind of slide them across and say this is currency from my homeland and will get you quite a bit uh, if you shop at the right places he, uh, his mouth sort of opens looking towards them uh, can you roll uh, deception or persuasion? Yeah. yeah, deception check, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah persuasion. Uh, oh, persuasion, yeah, go for it. Oh, no, what was it? Deception, you said? Oh, would you be deceiving him, I guess? 
technically 40 bucks can get you a decent amount if he ever gets back here. So I'm kind of lying, kind of not. It's your call. Okay. Yeah, whatever you whatever you want. I'm proficient in neither. So that's a, a 14 total. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. A four. <laughs> he says, uh, these numbers, uh, <laughs> is this worth 40 gold? Possibly. I'm not sure about the uh, conversion rate, but but possibly, yes. This is a trade worthy of my admiration, and I accept your trade. All right, I roll up the map, stuff it into one of my bags very, very carefully, uh, and then uh, I shake his hand and say, oh, thank you very, very much. I really must be on my way now. Thank you, and I get out of there before he has a chance to try and sell me on anything else. He's, he's trying to shout at you, uh, guidebooks, guidebook of giants. Yeah. I'll be back. back. I'll be back. Yes, don't worry. And I, I continue off into the crowd before he realizes that he's ne- probably never going to get a chance to spend that forty bucks. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. You make your way off into the crowd, having collected your very detailed map of the elemental isles. Okay, um, that is fantastic. <laughs> um. Where would you like to make your way back to now? The Tinker's Guild, was it? Yeah, I would definitely be laughing to myself the entire time. And uh, once again, playing off of my, my Harlequin Harlequin trait, I would uh, uh, say kind of just to myself, man, I can't believe I got that good of a deal. That won't even buy a full tank of gas anymore as I walk back towards the Tinker's Guild. The little halfling man says, what gas? <laughs> <laughs> That's he's just funny. got a stalker somehow, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Find out he's my hallucination this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, yeah, you get your make your way back to the Tinker's Guild, uh, passing through all the different inventors and tinkers, industrialists, working on their different inventions out the front. Uh, a lot of them taking shape a lot better than before, having received a different sort of iteration. The huge, crazy death machine is back up in operation. <laughs> they have it in front, in front of a uh, small section of uh, tall grass that's been sort of uh, dug up and then put onto the back of a cart so they can test it. So they slowly sort of push the cart towards, towards the death machine. It uh, fairly efficiently chops all the grass down. That is, ease. Uh, with, with ease, that is terrifying. I, I would definitely keep my distance having seen that one blade go flying earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a decapitation waiting to happen. It pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, try to skirt around and as quickly as possible get into the uh, guild and then head back to uh, probably wherever I think I would be able to use a a more public workshop, maybe try to find somebody that is working with electricity or something similar to it uh, so that I could uh, try and create that motor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You see on the second level as you sort of look through a tabaxi man is uh, clutching at what appears to be a, uh, a small battery made like you would know from your uh, life on Earth that there were batteries of sorts made sort of in ancient Egypt where they would use the electricity from within, uh, like a clay, like a clay battery. Have you seen those before? Yeah. 
to uh, electroplate like gold and stuff on the beat. Yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, he appears to have one of those sort of slowly working to get the charge out of this and like across a little uh, gap where the diodes are situated and the smallest sort of little spark is kind of jumping between every now and then. Okay, yeah, I would um, definitely take note of that and uh, uh, try and get close enough that I can, you know, try to pick up a little bit of what he's doing and then you know, start working myself and maybe get some some help and assistance. Uh, you know, second set of hands. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, you've managed to find a tinker's table fairly close by to him, uh, sort of diagonally placed. He's got a few people around him, sort of watching over what he's doing, as well as sort of working on their own. Uh, interested in the electrical function that he is managing to get out of this uh, clay battery with whatever exactly is inside. Um, yeah, you managed to pick up a spot and begin working on your own and kind of looking on to uh, his investment. Okay, yeah, then I would just keep working at it until I've got the uh, wire coiled like I need, the magnets lined up on the outside of this casing, some sort of, you know, uh, post or something in the middle in order to spin the entire process uh, and... Uh, just work on it for as long as I need to that night, and if I'm not done that night, I would spend part of tomorrow doing it as well. Alright, yeah. Uh, make a... Do you have Tinker's Tools? Uh, I do not, but I think when you join the Tinker's Guild, you get it. Um, yep, when you join the Tinker's Guild, you get proficiency in Tinker's Tools. So then cool. I would have proficiency down. Okay, make a Tinker's Tool check for me. Uh, adding either dexterity or intelligence with your proficiency, whichever you choose. Yeah, that wasn't nearly as good. That was only an 11. Alright, yeah. Uh, you begin the workings of this uh, of this contraption, but every now and then, uh, some people who are uh, working around you have a sudden uh, sort of eureka moment where they've broken <laughs> through something and they jump up in the air throwing <laughs> things around. Uh, some some debris flies over and hits into your invention. They apologize profusely and work slows for a little bit. Uh, but you manage to get the base work, uh, the working sort of model of uh, this charger, I believe, is what you're making correct. Correct, yeah. It's uh, meta terms. I took levels at Industrialist, but I'm not going to be able to actually use them until I, I craft this. So, um, yeah, that would basically be what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah, and you... Uh, you, how exactly would you be connecting it to the phone? What kind of phone is it? Uh, it's an iPhone, unfortunately. So I wouldn't be connecting it to the phone yet. Right now, I'd just be trying to make an electrical something happen, you know, get that shock. And then once I get that, then I'll start working on figuring out voltage and amps and all that kind of stuff using different kind of techniques that I'm sure I'll figure out uh, later. But, yeah, that, that would be my goal just for right now is simply to get in a working electrical motor. Uh, long-term would be able to... Long-term goal would be to charge the phone. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the I'd say the tabaxi man would, uh, yes, eventually take a note of what you're doing, seeing a similar sort of setup attempting to create electricity, and uh, his eyes would sort of peek over towards you and his ears perk up at your... Uh, Sort of ramblings to yourself every now and then. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I would definitely be be talking to myself. I'm guilty of that in real life quite a bit. He, uh, he would uh, mention over to you saying, like, uh, giving you a tip or two on uh, the connection and things of that nature, trying to get a, uh, a spark out, and uh, would offer his sort of what knowledge he has on electricity to kind of help you move forward with your inventions as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I would take any help that he'd be willing to give and would uh, promise to, you know, help him hold the light closer or to, you know, be an extra set of hands if he needed something or whatever. You know, I'd, I'd tit for tat, you know, help him out if he helped me, so for sure. Yeah, and as uh, he, he would come over and sort of take a look and uh, assist you in a way, but as he sort of goes over to his own invention, he noticed something that you had... Uh, like the coiling of your wire on your uh, charger and would sort of make a small change within his and then you'd notice a larger sparks sort of beginning to grow, uh, appearing that your knowledge has uh, assisted him as well. He definitely appears to be more open to assisting you uh, from now on. Awesome. Yeah, then uh, if I'm not able to finish it that day, I would come back tomorrow knowing that the festival will be more active in the evening time uh, I would spend as much of my morning as I had to the next day to finish it if I'm not able to get it done today. Okay, yeah. You wouldn't quite be able to get it finished today. You'd uh, get the majority of it done, but uh, the next morning would definitely be spent uh, only a few hours finishing it off before heading out into the uh, bustling festival. Fantastic. We will go ahead and continue as you wake up on the 16th of planting the day that you know the largest amount of activity and uh, festival uh, celebration will probably be held upon. The evening we'll see a large bonfire down at the docks where a bunch of people are going to go down there and celebrate the coming of the new season. Uh, What would you like to do on this day? Alright, yeah, with uh, the realization when I wake up of the fact that I'm still here and that I'm going to have to do my damnedest to try and get a, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this alone kind of a thing. Um, even though I'm a little bit reluctant to make any close connections with people simply because I'm going to have to, you know, get the hell out of here. Um, I've decided that that's something that I'm actually going to have to do. So I'm going to find a way to start a guild. Well, I know that um, I, I created the system within the world that there are thousands of guilds and it's how people network and make connections and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to try and do that. And I know that the requirements for that are to have a place and a name. And since I obviously can't afford real estate here, um, but I do have a horse, I never specified whether that had to be a permanent location or just a place to meet. So I'm going to skirt my own rules like a terrible metagaming player. And um, and try to find a wagon or something that I can use as a home base. All right. So you head out from the uh, Tinker's Guild into the street. It's still relatively early in the morning, probably passing on 7, 7.30 a.m. Uh, everyone's getting up to continue on, and some have stayed up continuing the entire night with their different inventions that they're planning to unveil <laughs> hopefully gain sponsors on so they can continue their uh, work with uh, the various uh, oddities that they are actually creating. Uh, passing through them, where would you go to try and find uh, someone that would sell a wagon? 
I want to look in two different places. I want to try and get the market price for them, like at the Merchants District, you know, the Merchants Guild or something like that. And then I want to go to the poorer district of town or near the docks and see if I can get a cheaper deal buying one from like a merchant that came to town that doesn't hate it anymore or something like that. So I want to get the market price for them and see what I have available there and then head to find a better deal on maybe a lesser quality used one since I have proficiency in carpenter's tools I can do some of that work myself awesome yeah um, heading down uh, towards the merchant guild um, many people are up cooking or have been up for hours probably cooking bread and uh, the smell of like freshly baked bread is wafting through the street uh, delicacies of all kinds are being cooked and uh, there's a much more delicious scent <laughs> flying through the air than usual uh, than on the previous few days that you've spent within the city and it's beginning to make your stomach rumble a little bit. Yeah, as a foodie I am definitely going to go check that out. I, I will delay my grand scheme to find some amazing food. Awesome, yeah, you see a man directly out the front of the little bakery. Uh, the bakery sort of set into a large wall where the uh, the wall has a sort of kiln, I believe that's what they'd bake in back in the old days, a kiln of sorts, uh, where he has a number of loaves sort of resting in among some coals that are slowly rising up. Okay, yeah, I would I would approach and, and uh, try and see what all's being made and, and grab something tasty. Awesome, yeah, the man himself, uh, typical what you'd expect a bread company logo to be just a very jolly white-haired <laughs> man with a big moustache, very retarded. That's awesome. And a chef hat on. Why not? <laughs> that is awesome. He says, uh, he's sort of kneading the dough out and flipping it over onto the other side, throwing some flour on top of it, kneading it again. And he says as he sees you approach him, Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning? Oh, it's it's been a morning. He uh, flips the bread over, like slaps it down really hard onto the onto the bench, and <laughs> continues kneading, just sort of nodding at you. Uh, uh, as you say that, yeah, I, I would inquire on. So, what are you making? This smells amazing, and I could really use some really good food right now. He says, uh, "Well, I'm kneading together this bread, and I'm adding a pinch of my own." special spices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I would make note of that with my eyes to kind of see what I could identify there and then and then try and cross-reference that with what I taste later. Uh, he has, looking around him, he has nothing but the dough on his table and you can't even see any real sort of, there's, there's absolutely no spices like or a mortar and pestle or anything to grind spices on the table itself. Huh. I will then just look skeptically and just continue to watch to see what he's doing until it gets to the point where he actually puts it in the oven to see, you know, what he's adding. All right, make a perception check for me. Hey, starting the day off good with a 17. Awesome. Uh, as he turns around to put this loaf in the oven, you watch him lift up his chef hat feeling a tiny mortar and pestle hidden underneath his hat which quickly sort of moves around as a 
waft of spice just whoosh, flings right on top of the mother. Oh my god. And he quick it's like he he almost tips his hat towards this loaf like saying good day, but uh the spices quickly <laughs> shoot out of it. And then he puts it back on and puts it in the oven itself. I'm getting a ratatouille deja vu moment here, looking for the little mouse or whatever somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns back around with a big smile on his face and curls one end of his mustache and says, So, did you want to buy some bread this morning? I, I would nod. I would I would still have a bit of a skeptical squint, but I would nod at him and uh, uh, hand out whatever the amount is that he asks. But yeah, I would get a, a smaller loaf of bread. Uh, he says, uh, Half a loaf is two copper, and a full loaf is three copper. I'll actually get a full loaf, thinking I could maybe bribe <laughs> bribe somebody maybe later on with some of that really tasty bread, and if not, I'll save it for the next day. <laughs> awesome. Alright, yeah, he uh, wraps it up in some paper and uh, hands it off to you, smiling, and takes the coin, and thanks you for your business. <laughs> okay. Yeah, then I'd... Uh, take a bite and savor it as I uh, walk to continue to walk uh, to find some wagon merchant. Yes, the bread itself is deliciously spiced. You can taste all sorts of different uh, things like oregano and uh, rosemary baked within the bread itself, even though it looked like he did nothing but open his hat with a bottle pestle on top of his head. That's crazy. I, I will make note of those flavors that I'm tasting and attempt to copy it later down if I ever find a halfway decent set of everything I need to do that. Oh, I do have cook's utensils. Yeah, so I would just uh, make note of that. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, early morning still as you're heading towards the merchant Guild, and you manage to make your way there. Um, the streets lined with different stalls and everything that was set up yesterday in preparation for this day. Um, everyone's up early-ish, getting themselves ready, but no one's really sort of pushing their wares upon anyone. You know that later in the day it's going to be absolutely chaotic along the same stretch that you're walking. Okay, yeah. I would uh, keep my eye out to see, you know, if anybody in particular catches my eye, but I would probably, you know, just try and stay a little bit further away from people being too close, not really trusting what's going on, you know, uh, and I would have to make sure that my mask, you know, keep adjusting my mask just to, like, reassure myself that it's there, and uh, to play off my personality trait again, I would uh, uh, just kind of, as I'm looking over the crowd, my eyes would just lose focus a little bit, and I'd, I'd say, like, you girls wouldn't believe what, what I'm seeing right now, or something like that, because I'm gonna, you know, speak speak to those that I've lost, so yeah, I would say, uh, you girls wouldn't wouldn't believe the people that I'm seeing here. <laughs> and unlike yesterday, no little half-lick man shows up to give his, his word on what you I I stop and I look around and I say, You girls wouldn't believe the people I'm seeing here. And I just kind of like look to see. And if I still don't see him, I'd nod my head and keep walking. <laughs> I so want to just say that off in the distance, running down the central main road is the little half with the yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, roll a perception check as you're moving along to see if you notice any of the 
uh, sellers with anything interesting. Yeah. Uh, not great. Uh, that's a 10. So as you are walking, uh, you notice that uh, yesterday when you were coming through the same area, uh, you saw a rather large stall being put together, but you weren't exactly sure of what uh, was going to be sold there or what even this sort of structure was beginning to become. But as you are walking today, you've noticed that a lot of uh, sort of brightly colored cloths have been draped across it and chucked around it. It's starting to take the appearance of a very large fun house. Ooh. Okay, I, I would immediately flash back to a, a certain Kakamoran clown and uh, <laughs> definitely want to investigate. <laughs> yeah, you walk up to the front. There's a man beginning to uh, sort of set some prices along the front, uh, riding in uh, blackish tar on a large wooden board. He's wearing a very large uh, top hat that stretches up probably two feet above the top of his head, and he is looking ridiculous. Okay, I would kind of nod to him and check out the prices and see what is available here. Uh, what you see before you is a elven man with very long sort of curled eyebrows at the edges. Uh, he smiles at you with this very creepy grin <laughs> and uh, says, <laughs> Oh, hello, my friend. Uh, I would say hello to you too, friend. What have you got here? Well, unfortunately, the fun house isn't quite ready, but... Later on, if you come back, there'll be all sorts of fun going on inside. Okay, I would uh, say, oh, what sorts of fun is going on inside? I haven't been to a circus in a lot, or I haven't been to a fun house in it since I was little. Well, there's a mirror maze in there, a room that appears upside down. I kind of ooh and ah in all the appropriate places. A room whose floor looks like it drops into the nine hell. Okay. I'm, I'm interested. And we even have our own paid actors within to make the experience even more hilarious. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I promise to definitely come back later on this evening. Only one silver for entry, my friend. Please don't miss out. He sort of raises his eyebrows up and down a few times. Okay. Despite the creep factor, I'm definitely interested to see what this is. Because a circus, <laughs> a circus like back home kind of a thing is still pretty awesome. You know, so like a, one in a fantasy world with magic being real and stuff, I'm super like excited, almost nostalgic to go do that. Um, because <laughs> like... Yeah, and I would be like, oh, man, the girls would love this. And I would just kind of make note of where it was. He'd say, uh, be sure to bring them along, too, or the more the better. Okay. I would be like, oh, don't worry. If I could, I, or if I can, I will, or something like that. I, w I would say something, like, depressing, but he wouldn't realize that it's depressing. <laughs> uh, he'd say also, in relation to the group, that uh, he thinks you're going to bring. Um, but keep in mind that only one can enter the fun house at a time. And I say, okay, I'll keep that in mind, but I am super excited to see what this is. <laughs> he smiles brightly and uh, 
tips his very large top hat towards you. Okay, yes, I would nod my head back and continue on my way. Alright, so you continue towards the Merchant's Guild and eventually make your way within, uh, or to the Merchant's District, sorry, and eventually make your way uh, through the many stalls that are lined there and um, uh, I believe looking for a cart or someone who can deal you a cart. Yeah, correct. Alright, it doesn't take too long to uh, find someone that would be able to give you a price on a brand new cart, everything that you need. And the going price around here is between about 30 to 35 gold, so fairly expensive. Okay, yeah, I, I would try and see if there was a bare bones one with like nothing but the frame and the, you know, tarp over the top. Uh, see if there was any price difference. If not, uh, or if they don't have them, whatever, then I just make note of what shop it was and head down to the docks district. Awesome, yeah. Uh, you would be able to find one of similar description, but uh, they wouldn't be able to go much lower than around 28 gold, so. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Roll a luck check, Bob. Oh, okay. Let's see how much. <laughs> yeah, that that was an eight plus zero. Okay, yeah, 20, 28 gold down to that right. Yeah. All right. So with that sort of thought in mind that you may not be able to afford that cart, uh, you take off back once again down to see if you can find a cheaper one or bare bones one down at the dock. Um, upon your way, I'll get you. Well, what what is your passive perception? Uh, passive is only a 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd say you swear out of the out of the corner of your eye because it's a sound, but you hear sort of behind you and in a weird direction the cawing of a rape. Ooh, okay, yeah, I would immediately whip my head around and focus on wherever that is. Uh, and I would probably, if I heard it definitively enough for a direction, I would, like, point and mentally command my raven to go towards that raven sound. Alright, uh, roll a perception check for it. Alright. Yay, it's a little bit better. That is a 14. Yeah, so you look in the direction that you believe the raven was then pointing over towards it, you see that there is in fact a raven, but very, very distant. Not, not to where it would have made a sound that seemed so close as to what you heard, but that is the only raven within sight. Fairly distant. Okay, yeah, I would uh, send my familiar that direction and and uh, make note of where I was and then start walking that way after the raven. As the raven sort of notices you begin walking towards it, it flies about 15 or 20 feet in another direction then stops and sort of waits for you to continue following him. Okay, yeah, no, seeing that, I would start hoofing it. Uh, 40 feet movement speed, so I would probably not like dash, you know, to wear myself out, but I would definitely start jogging a little bit. Nothing like a man in a raven mask spinning yeah. around at 7 30 a.m. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. The With my giant gold. Yeah, well, I would probably have to dismiss my, my packed weapon, but yeah, the one I was going to say, yeah. a giant raven mask guy in red robes, you know, charging ahead with a spear. But yeah, no, I would dismiss <laughs> my packed weapon and just kind of lightly jog to kind of keep up that way. Yes, running with scissors is scary enough, let alone running with a spear. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, I'll get you to 
Mm. I'd say with your perception check, you'd be able to continue following it for about 10 minutes each time, sort of veering away. The faster that you're keeping up with it, it's almost keeping the exact same pace ahead of you. And it, it leads you away and nearly entirely from the Merchant's Guild and begins heading towards the Temple's District. Okay, yeah, I would just continue booking it. You know, if I see it's super crowded or there's people in the way, I would, you know, slow down enough that I don't bowl people over. But otherwise, I would be maintaining the fastest, you know, as close to a jog as possible uh, to do that. Yeah, people people see you <laughs> see you jogging or running in instances or power walking and, and begin sort of clearing out of your way. Uh not wanting to interfere, seeing that you have a fairly determined look uh, stepping out of your way and you are managing to clear through the temple's district fairly easily. Okay. Uh, following the raven, eventually it curves around a corner for the first time going out of sight. And as you rear around the corner, you see within the temple district, there's no like housing or anything within the temple district. Either. No, yeah, it would be just temples. Yeah. Uh, you see a number of buildings around you with different uh, holy symbols sort of imprinted on the outside on signs. Uh, but what you haven't seen before was a, I wouldn't say abandoned building as much as it looks like it's in disrepair almost. Okay. I would, uh, uh, because I like the flair of this, I would pull out a raven feather. Um, like a little raven token maybe instead of a feather and uh, channel a little bit of something into it and materialize my glaive into my hand and uh, uh, kind of approach this building a little bit more cautiously. Um, I would have my familiar, you know, kind of swoop around it to make sure that nothing too ominous is around it. But if I don't see any visible threat, I would just kind of use my glaive as a walking stick a little bit and just kind of make my way towards whatever entrance I see. Alright, yeah, I assume you put your vision within your familiar as it passes. Yeah, I would definitely look through my raven's eyes. Alright, yeah. Uh, as your raven sort of crests around the back of the building, uh, this building sort of crests closer to... There are walls sort of surrounding the districts, aren't there? Uh, kind of, yeah. It would mostly just be a bunch of buildings, but yeah, there would be you know low walls um, occasionally separating, especially the rich districts like that from the other districts. Okay. So passing behind this building is a low wall, but uh, between the building and the wall, there's like a little cellar door, and you see through the old raven's eyes that raven that you've been following just fly into those doors and dematerialize. Okay, I would have my raven perch there, right by the, you know, wherever it can see that cellar door, and then just wait for me to get there. And uh, I would cautiously... uh, open the cellar doors when I get there. Yeah, as you're approaching, it's like someone knew knew you were coming in. One of the doors opens up for you. Okay, yeah, I would uh, have my raven jump back on my shoulder, and I would cautiously make my way down there. I wouldn't, like, hold my glaive out menacingly, but I would, you know, have it ready to swing if something does happen. Alright. Uh... As soon as you begin taking a few steps down, you notice that there is a person sort of standing off and underneath the other door, uh, who you assume has opened it for you. Uh, They're dressed in a long flowing cloak uh, with little raven feathers sort of uh, 
making up the majority of this clip. Okay, yeah, I, I would, uh, I'm going to make an assumption that, you know, we all know about assumptions, but uh, I'm going to make the assumption that they are with the Raven Queen, and uh, I'll say, you know, something like, you know, Hail, uh, what what are you, you know, what, what are you doing down here? Is that your Raven that was leading me, or, uh, you know, something along those lines? Uh, this, we'll say dark elf female has her white hair sort of down over her face, and trying not to make too much sound or noise or anything as you're talking to her, her eyes sort of like peer up towards you and she says, um, Hail to the Queen of Rape. And just sort of gives you a little nod, a light bow as you enter in and she closes the trap door, the cellar door behind you. Okay, not ominous at all, but I will. <laughs> I will <laughs> let her lead and I will follow. The cellar, or the, the staircase leading down, goes for further than what you'd expect a cellar to be um, located. It uh, continues down 50 feet directly down into the earth. It appears that this cellar isn't even connected to the house above whatsoever. Whatsoever, sorry. Um, you follow next to her as she just continues slowly walking down a moderate pace and eventually... Uh, the cellar opens up into a large circular room in the centre of which is this huge effigy that you have seen previously in your dreams and that has materialised in front of you an effigy of the Raven Queen made of sort of woven sticks and raven feathers. Okay, yeah, I would immediately uh, pull a gold piece out of my uh, pouch or whatever and give it to my raven familiar and have my familiar, you know, depending on how far away the effigy is or whatever, but I'd have the familiar, you know, take the gold coin and drop it, you know, right at the feet of the statue, or if there's an altar, or if there's something along those lines, I would uh, have them set it there, you know, and then return to me as I get down on one knee and and give thanks to the powers that I've been given, uh, and then stand back up and, you know, refocus on the Dark Elf uh, and continue with whatever they're going to do. Uh, you see a few other people around here sort of kneeling down, uh, their heads touching the ground in front of this effigy as they are saying their prayers, kind of uh, motioning up and down. Some of them dressed in the clothes similar to the Dark Elf, but others dressed similar to you, sort of um, wearing bits and pieces that would sort of display them as a worshipper of the Raven Queen, but um, not to the point where they're like, they're uh, cleric or working within the temple itself. Yeah, and I would also probably dismiss my glaive now that I'm surrounded by quote-unquote friends. I would dis- dismiss the glaive so that it isn't, you know, a giant weapon being brought into a holy place. <laughs> uh, the dark elf just sort of bows her head down towards the statue and looks over towards you. Uh, her face looking very, very dour and not... She doesn't really appear to have any emotion on her face whatsoever. Okay, yeah, I would... Go ahead. She says, uh, We know that you have been looking for us, and we're sorry that you were here. I would uh, say I understand completely why you would probably need to be, um, but I'm here now, so I will, you know, start taking part as much as I'm able. Do you have anything for me to 
take or, or you know, to do or anything like that. I would basically ask them for jobs or services that they need provided or what I can do to assist the group. Yeah. Uh, she would say, um, recently we've had a number of run-ins with cultists surrounding the king of undeath in the abyss. Hence the reason we've had to move our business underground. Usually we're out in public, but our temples were being defaced regularly. Hmm. Yeah, I would, uh, kind of nod my head to get, you know, have her continue so I can get details and figure out what I can do about it. The King of Undeath seeks our patron's title, and his followers are our greatest nemesis currently. Our queen, from what I have seen in my visions, has understood a plea, if I am translating what she's telling me correctly, of yourself. Okay, yeah, I would nod my head. Uh, can I roll a history check to see what I know about the King of Undeath? Yeah, go for it. Uh, oh, wow, that's an 18 plus 2, 420. Yes, uh, the King of Undeath, otherwise known as Orcus, is the uh, oh, demon the, lord. Duh, I knew that. Okay, I didn't catch it without the name, but okay, yeah, Orcus, awesome. Great. <laughs> First Jubilix, now yeah. Orcus. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the abyss all over again. <laughs> exactly. I need Squig and Bitterfang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, <laughs> yeah, you would you would definitely know everything you know about Orcus. Having maybe not heard him of King of Undeath or the Prince of Undeath, but um, you know that... The, uh, their cultists and the worshippers of the Raven Queen are constantly at ends with each other. Okay, yeah. Alright, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I would, yeah, I would just reassure him, like, I'll do anything that I can to help help put down, uh, you know, Orcus and, and keep our temples from being attacked. And while I'm saying that, uh, I'm thinking in my head any of the magic items or abilities that Orcus would have access to that might be able to get me back, um, uh, back home. Any any magic god Orcus could give you if you trade him. So. Oh no, not not like that. But like if if at some point we are able to take this bastard down, you know, like the wand of Orcus, I know has all sorts of powers and abilities over the undead, you know. And I'm like, what other things could his cult have that, you know, this is fi- maybe finally an enemy that I could I could work against in order to get access to that cache of weapons. <laughs> uh, the the. Uh... Dark Elf Lady would say to you, um, from what I've seen, your strand of life is unnatural to this area. Not dark, but something else in time. Our queen seeks to liberate you of this through the nature of death itself. But first, she desires something from you. Yeah, I would just nod wholeheartedly and say, I'll pay the price to get the goods. <laughs> You can't go back to your level 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what she says. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, she says, uh, she expects you to abide by her commandments. Hold no pity for those who suffer and die, for death is the natural end of life. Bring down the proud who try to cast off the chains of fate as the instrument of the Raven Queen. You must punish hubris where you find it, and finally watch out for the cults of Orcus and stamp them out when they arise. 
the Demon Prince seeks to claim the Raven Queen's throne, and that is not something we can allow. Okay, yeah, I I respond with, I do so swear. And, you know, normally my smart-ass cracks, you know, I just kind of, like, slough that off, and I'm, like, totally serious now. (laughs) So... (laughs) Fulfill your destiny within the Raven Queen's presence, and I'm sure she will see to reuniting you with whatever life you shared before this one. Okay, yeah, I would... I do so swear. Uh, well, you know, once again, I'm just, like, nodding along with everything she's saying. A uh, small smile sort of breaks around her mouth, and she, she gives a light nod and, uh, and closes her eyes as she does so. Okay. Uh, the offering was placed within a um, large... Around the feet of this effigy ahead of you is almost a nest that's been made around the effigy of the Raven Queen. And there's a number of different trinkets and things dropped within there. Uh, your raven familiar had gone and dropped a gold coin within. All right. As uh, as it returns, you see within its grasp um, a small raven's feather, at the end of which is a little quill attachment. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I check it out. Yeah, the raven lands back onto your shoulder, holding the quill in one hand, a quill with a large raven feather uh, behind it. The dark elf sort of looks towards you and says, um, I can't guarantee, but should you ever have questions for our matron, you can take this quill and write into any parchment, and there's a chance she may answer your call. Awesome. I would reverently, you know, with both hands, take it, you know, and, and place it within whichever pouch or pocket that would be the most secure and less likely to be crushed. It, it feels it feels very sturdy to you. The feather itself is weighty, a lot weightier than what you'd expect a raven's feather to be. And oh. um, as you place it down, uh, you feel you feel as you sort of let it go, like a it's hard, it's hard to explain the feeling yet. It's like a long lost sort of heirloom or something that you you've felt before. It, it's odd. Okay, yeah, no, I would then even more reverently, you know, after I put it in the pouch, I would, you know, pat it to make sure that, you know, it's secured and everything. I would I would definitely uh, cherish that. She says, um, I understand that you've been searching for a car. My familiar was watching over you and I listened. Yes, uh, as soon as I'm able to find one, I would like to amass some allies and we could, you know, as a group maybe... Uh, help defeat Orcus's cult. This is what I hope to hear. The temple itself has a wagon that would be appropriate you, but I require something of you if you are Yes, I would be able to pay whatever price. Uh, yes, the drow looks towards you and says, um, in order for you to receive this wagon from us as a gift, we will need you to complete the task that task being recently we have heard that in the sewers underneath the temple's district there are a small number of glyphs that have caused the reanimation of anyone who dies within the sewers down there. I would ask, uh, have any of the temples been, besides ours, been 
you know, made aware of this? Because I know there's several temples that would oppose undeath. Or is this just, you know, specifically are these undead directed against us only, or, or what? None of these glyphs have caused any undeath, but... Oh, okay, but they're there from, and could. From what we hear, they are there. Okay. Nothing yet to take other temples to take note and seek the destruction of them, but preemptively we desire them to be rid, rid of. Okay, yeah, I would, you know, nod my head deeply and uh, say as soon as I'm able to gather some allies, I would be more than happy to do this. I will begin recruiting allies first thing in the morning. She bows deeply and uh, thanks you. Okay, yeah, I would bow again and I would, you know, bow once to the statue um, or, you know, the altar or whatever is set up there and then uh, probably depart from that place, trying to... I'm not going to, like, memorize the faces of everybody around me, but I will definitely give each in it, each individual face a good looking at uh, to try and at least make some note in my mind of what they look like, just in case we meet again. Yeah, there's a, uh, a half-orc oh, half gentleman, uh, two humans, one uh, female elderly, and a male probably in his mid-30s. Uh, his the lady with greyish hair and the male with a plume of um, bright red hair. Okay, yeah, I'll make note of who it is and then um, slowly wait, make my way out of there and then once I'm outside, you know, make note of where this building is, where the entrance is, that kind of thing. Um, and then I would, uh, let's see, the cart is taken care of, so then I would probably want to... Well, what time of day is it here right now? Uh, it's still morning, currently. Still morning? Okay, then I would probably, before it gets too busy in the afternoon, try and head up to the council chambers area and uh, meet with them and try and get the, I don't know, paperwork or whatever started for a group or guild and then uh, grab a bite to eat on my way back to the festival area because I do kind of want to check that out. Sure, yeah. Alright, so you do make your way towards the council chambers, uh, knowing yourself that you were the one who created this entire city. Uh, you <laughs> managed to find your way there without, find your way there without my tackle. Uh, the morning is, the sun, sorry, is beginning to rise a bit higher into the sky and, uh, cast over its light across the city. And everyone is a bit more animated now, uh, a lot more people out in the streets. And as you are making your way there, you see a red-skinned tiefling man uh, in front of a large stall with all sorts of uh, oddities and goods, most of them locked within cages. Huh. I would get closer to inspect. All right, yes. Yeah, so you see this tiefling man in front of this very odd stall uh, with a number of strange and interesting-looking items, uh, many of them which are sealed within cages and cabinets. Uh, the Tiffling Man is wearing a long, white cloak that... Oh, sorry, not a cloak. A white suit with long, uh, sort of dangly coat tails that hang down towards the floor. Uh, he's kind of giving a smile to everyone as they walk by, but he is sort of creepy in his stance and is, like, leaning forward towards people as they go by him and spring to them a little. Okay. 
Yeah, I would probably get closer and uh, just inquire as to what these items and things are. As you get close, he sort of leans in towards you with a smile, uh, looking up at you through some thick black eyebrows, and just uh, says, You need a bargain? Uh, With one eyebrows raised, I said, I'm always in for the right price. Come have a look at my wares, then, please. As he begins, like, slowly backing up, not not leaving eye contact with you. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm getting big, big, bad, evil guy vibes off of this, but whatever. I'll I'll follow him forward, not breaking eye contact either, making it super awkward for both of us and anybody watching. (laughs) Uh, The faintest smell of brimstone wafts into your nose as you're sort of following him, but he backs up slowly and uh, he says uh, some of these items I have available for instance a bag that can hold up to 500 pounds of item as if it was holding nothing at all and he points towards a uh, cabinet where a thing is located Uh, he points towards a tan sort of sack and he says this you can pull all sorts of illusions out of. And he moves his hand over towards another cabinet, this one with a, uh, not a cabinet, sorry, a cage this time. And seated within the cage, the bars of this cage, is a tiny little fortress. Huh. To which he says, uh, this strange item can immediately conjure forth a beautiful little fortress for you and your allies. His eyes sort of open wide now, unblinking, looking towards you. I'm definitely interested in the bag that can hold anything, uh, or not anything, but you know what I'm assuming is a bag of holding, of meta terms. Um, I would definitely be interested in that. He kind of leans in, taking a sort of shuffling step forward towards you, almost erratic, as he leans in further, raising his eyebrows. I'll get you to roll a d20. Oh, lordy. All right, that is an 11. 11. Uh, (laughs) As he's leaning in uncomfortably close towards you, his arm sort of pulls behind him, and you hear a buzzing sound as he lifts up between your two faces, not but a few inches away from yours and his. A buzzing and wriggling live horse fly. He says, all I need... For this item is for you to eat this right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm getting fear factor flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, better yet. To the, next, to the next stage of this competition, no, you don't need to eat this blood. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say either that or something like Bear Grill. I'm, I'm going to channel my inner Bear Grill in my survivalist. Uh, I would look at the bag and I would look at the horsefly and I'd be like, well... I did go to a public school and I ate the cafeteria food and survived. I can manage this. And I would close my eyes real tight and toss it back. Alright, make a constitution save. Oh god, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. <laughs> oh, thank Jesus, that is a 16 uh, plus uh, 2. Oh well, yeah. You managed to chew it even though it's squirming and trying to fly <laughs> out of your mouth the whole time. Uh, it bites your tongue at one point, which is very painful and leaves a sting, but you manage to get it down 
all the while he's just smiling and sort of giggling to himself. Oh god, that that made me seriously like squirm and get goosebumps. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> After he sees you sort of swallow it, he smiles and nods a number of times, just sort of looking at you, and then turns around, uh, bringing out a pack of uh, a ring of keys from his side and undoes the case where the bag of holding is kept. He pulls it out and slowly shuffles over towards you getting the same distance, probably only five inches away from your face, <laughs> and hand it over to you. <laughs> okay, I, I, in the five inches, just enough so that our heads don't, like, touch, I kind of nod my head to him, and uh, while trying to continue to keep my gorge down, I'm going to be like, if you need anybody to eat any more flies for items, come find me. Uh, he, he nods a number more times, his eyes open very wide. Uh, you get the faintest taste now of brimstone and sulfur within your mouth after eating that fly. And he says, um, what exactly is your name? I'm going to laugh just really loud once, and in an overly monotone voice, I'm just going to say, Bob. Bob. So the merchant sort of begins backing up away from you, not uh, breaking eye contact one bit as he sort of backs up to his stalls, his hand kind of touching the back of them as he kind of grasps at the cages and stuff, looking around, just sort of <laughs> smiling and <laughs> nodding his head consistently. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you now have a bag of holding. Awesome. Totally, totally not a bag of devouring or anything like that. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> I will, I will, now that you've said that, I will put a single <laughs> copper piece inside of it and then wait and see what happens. And I would have done that anyway, figuring that this is a merchant from, you know, smelling the brimstone. I figured I just made a deal that was probably not the best, um, especially with that taste in my mouth. And thinking that it's rigged or cursed, I would put a copper piece in it and then take my hand out and wait and see what happens. And if nothing happens after like five minutes, then I would be okay putting other stuff in there later. All right, yeah, you put the copper piece in and it falls down into the bag of holding. You wait for anything nefarious to happen but time passes and nothing <laughs> nothing seems to go right okay I wake up in the middle of the night with the bag like right next to my face on the pillow <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell. okay yeah awesome then I would uh, thinking I got an okay deal for the price you know still tasting brimstone I would stop at the first tavern I could to get a mug of ale to toss back, I don't care what the price is, you know, <laughs> toss back a, a mug of something to get the taste out of my mouth and then continue up to the the um, council chambers. So easy, a mug of uh, mead would only cost you two coppers yes. from the local establishment you walk by. Price well, or you know, that's a, an easy price to pay. I, I toss those two coppers handily. <laughs> There's almost a bubbling feeling in your stomach coming from this fly uh, as the liquid passes down. It's like, it doesn't quite feel like it's turning your stomach into like a cauldron, but you feel the slow sort of bubbling within your stomach. Ugh. I, I just, I, I grit my teeth and I decide to get through it really missing antacids. <laughs> um... Yeah, so you continue away to the council chamber, eventually uh, making, uh, or eventually getting there. What exactly would this 
uh, location look like? Like super, uh, think like almost like British Parliament, like super, you know, business-like, but with a a very grand architectural structure to it. So it would be, you know, no expense would be spared uh, with this. It would be super opulent, but still look like a business official government type location. I think awesome, the building yeah. yeah, I think the building on the map or whatever is a, a pretty good yeah, I used a, a like a parliamentary type looking building for the representation on the map. That's kind of what I was picturing. Awesome. Yeah, so you see the large sort of whitish grey stone building ahead of you. Uh, the many archways each adorned with a beautiful statue of a knight or a noble person or a god of some kind. Uh, a number of guards are situated out the front, sort of standing, unmoving, looking out into the public and into the crowds, and just ensuring that uh, all all is calm within the government district itself. Okay. Heading towards and inside the Grand Council Hall, uh, one of the guards sort of breaks away from his post and uh, walks you inside, another one quickly uh, taking up the post that was left, but you have a escort sort of walking you into this uh, building itself. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, I would keep my raven on my shoulder to, you know, make sure it doesn't cause any problems, and uh, I would have my weapon stowed, or disappeared, you know, back into like a raven feather type token or something, uh, so that it it's not out and I'm looking as least threatening as humanly possible wearing a raven mask and red robes (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, you see the first sort of uh, first sort of major point of uh, business within this uh, large council hall is a small desk at the front which serves sort of as a reception and uh, sort of distribution telling you where to go and uh, sort of giving you the lowdown on the different things you'll need to fill out. Imagine like a giant medieval DMV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome! And I'm assuming everybody that's behind the desk, or all the all the people behind the desk, look like they're about dead inside, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, all of them are moving at an intentionally slow pace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the a red bearded dwarf is sort of standing behind. Uh, the desk that you were ushered towards and he is uh, putting some papers or some parchment from one one little uh, tray to another tray and it's just sort of nodding like mm. <laughs> you can see he's thinking to himself job well done, yes <laughs> oh that is fantastic uh, he sees you approach and says uh, hello there how can I help you today uh, yeah I would say I need to register for a guild, or I want to register an adventuring party uh, to eventually become a guild. I just need the paperwork for that so I can get some people recruited and signed off on it. Alright. I'll get you both the guild and the adventuring party registration forms for you to fill out. Make sure you sign and fill bottom of the sheets, column A and column B. Thank you. And he slowly turns around, grabbing some parchment paper out and piling together the necessary documents. And he puts it down, uh, gets a large sort of 
paper clamp of some sort and puts it over the top of it, pushes it forward, uh, not quite all the way towards you as he says, um, all up, that'll be approximately... And he pulls out an abacus, kind of moving the pieces for the different sheets of paper that he's uh, taken. Says, uh, three silver. Okay, yeah, I pull out the three silver and hand them over right away. He uh, stamps down upon the paper and says, uh, Alright, you have 20 days for registration before these forms go inert and null. Please see that you fill them out with the appropriate documentation and finalize everything within that time or your guilt and any... uh, any information collected on these pages within uh, after that time will be null and void. Okay, yeah, no, I'm writing that down for myself, but I would uh, make note of 20 days after today. So uh, just to be safe, I'm going to write down that it needs to be in by the 26th, or uh, no, because today is the 17th, so it would be the 6th, uh, or t- today is the 16th. So I would say it needs to be in by the 5th of next month, just to be sure. You know, it's in, uh, Anything else I can help you with? Uh, no, that would be it, I think. Alright, I need sort of things a little bell next to him, confirming a successful transaction and alerting the next person in line to continue up to the front where he can assist them. Okay, yeah, I would tape my paperwork, head back to the Tinker's Guild, um, and I'm now that I've, you know, I already made one really good deal for the day, and my money is getting a little bit you know, strapped. I want to have a little bit of cash just in case I have to bribe people to, to sign the forms. Um, so I'll make my way to the uh, Tinker's Guild and I'm going to grab lunch probably along the way, something to help settle my stum- stomach from that fly. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Uh, maybe st- <laughs> Well, I, I probably still have some bread left, so I would probably just nibble on that bread as I head back to the Tinker's Guild and uh, have them sign off on it so that we can start working on this and then I would uh, yeah, so I just head back to the Tinker's Guild for right now, nibbling on bread as I walk down the street. Awesome. Yeah, it's probably hitting sort of early, early afternoon, just after midday now, uh, having traversed around the streets and whatnot. And uh, you see that a lot of games and things are being started up as you're on your way home. Uh, lots of vendors are uh, out in full force, sort of selling their wares and shouting at the top of their lungs, trying to over... Uh, out tell each other and uh, it's uh, beginning to get fairly chaotic out in the main main sort of areas of the town. Okay, yeah. I would just dodge traffic as best I'm able to um, and if I see a game that I think the, that would be like age appropriate for a two to four year old, I would look over at it wistfully and say oh, I bet you guys would have loved this and just keep walking. I do love it. <laughs> at, this, at this point, I'm not even surprised by him. I just look over and nod my head to him and <laughs> just keep going. Half, little half-leg man, you know, throwing beanbags around or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, then I would make my way to the uh, Tinker's Guild. All right, yeah, heading on your way there, you walk past that large fun house. And, oh, uh, yeah, as- as you uh, sort of see it off in your sight, you see the uh, exit door at the back of the funhouse where a 
young girl runs out, just sort of bursting through the doors, screaming with her hands up in the air, like, ah! As she oh. sort of charges off and then uh, yeah. stops to catch her breath. Yeah, that would just pique my interest. I would, I would run over there. Uh, roll a perception check. The doors slowly start closing as if on a mechanism as she sort of exits out. <laughs> hey, there's the luck that I've been wanting. That is a 14. Nice. Uh, you see within a Harlequin-esque looking character uh, dressed in a long flowy sort of dress with all different plumes of colours coming off it and uh, clown sort of face paint sort of smeared across her face and back into her hair this like white paint with red red around the eyes and around the lips looking very goofy but sort of startling you can understand why this young girl would have charged away with such a uh, intensity yeah I I am all about trying to see what this place is about like I said the idea of a a carnival but like a magical carnival is really piquing my interest so I would go around to the front and uh uh, just kind of get in line or get ready to, you know, or talk to the guy and pay the fee, whatever it's going to take. Yeah, uh, there's a small line of about 12 people right now. Uh, they've all heard the, the many screams coming from within and out the back, and no one seems that phase. They're excited and smiling, uh, expecting this all to be a very interesting experience. Yeah, awesome. Uh, as you approach the front of the line, it probably takes about five minutes or so for the uh, people within to clear out and then you get allowed through the uh, to the front of the line uh, the large elven man with the two foot tall top hat sort of bows to you and says uh, good to see you once again as he sort of lifts his top hat down and puts it uh, almost like a coin collection okay yeah I say I keep my word and uh, wh- what was everybody else dropping into the hat I believe if I remember correctly, it was two silver. <laughs> okay, yeah, then I would drop the two silver in, and we'll figure it out later if it's not. Uh, but yeah, I would drop the whatever the fee is into the hat and uh, uh, be ready to go. All right, yeah, the two silver uh, falls down. You do not hear it clink with the other silver, and he sort of lifts it up and puts it on top of his head, giving you a nod as uh, you are ushered within the house itself. Uh, the large sort of... It's like a circular door with a pattern on it opens up as a half-orc gentleman inside gives you a nod uh, holding on to a large handle. Uh, you step within and he closes it behind you and you hear uh, the sound, faint sound of like sort of carnivaly music playing within, uh, sort of emanating from every direction. You're uns- unsure where a band is or if there even is a band within. Okay, yeah, I just keep walking forward with my wits about me. Yeah, this little entrance area you're in is directly down onto uh, stonework or grass, whatever would be underneath you, uh, on the main sort of stretch of road off the edge, probably like a little patch of grass. And uh, there is another singular door that leads in. It's uh, sort of like a little entranceway where it just sort of lets you in. Okay. Yeah, I keep going. All right. As as you push open that door, uh, you see two... Uh, a T-section up ahead, sorry, with two directions heading off to the left and to to your right. You believe that this would be some sort of maze, perhaps, at the start. Alright, yeah, I would... um, I'm not even going to risk just guessing. I'm going to put my hand on the left wall and just 
start following it, and I'm going to go slowly, kind of slowly putting weight on the ball of my foot as I'm walking just to see if there's anything on the ground that looks, you know, not great. And I'm just going to walk with my hand on the wall the whole time. All right. You skirt around a number of different passageways, uh, avoiding some dead ends, and then coming around to an opening, which opens up for a bit further, but then curves around to the left again for another dead end. Uh, At this dead end, however, there is a small box, one of those little, imagine a, one of those little fortune teller machines that you see, but there is a small coin slit and one CP written above the coin slit and a glass cabinet at the top of it, but you do not see anything within. Huh. Uh... Okay, uh, I guess, can I do an investigation check on it? See if there's a trick sure. to it or something? Sure, go for it. Alright, uh, investigation is not my strong point, but that was still, let's see, plus zero, so that was a 14. Alright, yeah, there does appear to be a the large box sort of component at the bottom, and looking within, you can see sort of a small trap door where something may rise up out of it after a coin has been placed within this little slot. Okay, yeah, then I do whatever needs to be done to activate it. All right, placing in a copper coin, you hear a small mechanism sort of whirl around and rapidly sort of launching out of that little trap door is what appears to be an animatronic disc colored sort of uh, tan and blue with little tendrils sort of floating off it and two eye stalks up at the top. Uh, you, having knowledge of D&D, would know that this is an animatronic plump. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that. Okay, yeah, I would say, hey, little buddy, what, what are you doing here? The eyes sort of go, <laughs> and zoom in on you, and it says, I can tell your future, the little tendrils at the bottom, <laughs> twirling around. <laughs> okay, I, I would just nod along, like, uh-huh, okay, what is it? <laughs> It says, it's sort of its eyes kind of peering in on you, one sort of tracing around the outside of your body, the other just staring at your face as they retreat back into its head. It says, uh, hmm, I am getting the sense of luck. Ooh, I like that. As you say that, its tendrils around the bottom once more spin around in a circle and it kind of raises up and down looking almost mystical. It's uh, eyes focused on you. It says, uh, what is your goal? To get home. Or, uh, you know what, I, I, I'm going to go more short term than that. I'm going to say to build a successful guild. <laughs> it's eyes moving in and out. Uh, sort of comprehending your answer. This it thing says, is so damn cute. I'm going to pat its head by the end, but I don't want to touch it until it gets done. <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, a guild. That is a great idea. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you will have luck with your, and it sort of little tiny mouth opens up and repeats guild in your exact words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Do I... not worry. Your life will be lucky. Okay. I say thank you, little buddy. I needed that. And I'm going to pat his head and continue walking. 
as you pounce, the eyes sort of split apart as they're up on these weird eye stalks and look in towards your hand. Does it looks back to you and it kind of lets out like a little uh, sort of twirl of uh, satisfaction and like uh, like a like it's like a dog enjoying like a pat. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> that that has made the day. That right there has <laughs> made my day. All right. It twirls around once more and is retracted back into the little trapdoor. <laughs> okay, then I just continue with the maze. All right, so uh, making your way to the end of the maze, your strategy eventually works. It's not a magical maze by any means. It's very uh, mundane. And you get to the end, and as you uh, make your way towards another door, opening it, you see one of the rooms that the elven man was talking about. Uh, looking down, you can see a what you would know to be a bunch of mirrors on the ground that sort of ricochet up and down a number of times, giving the appearance that it drops down to an endless chasm. Oh, uh, so it, it, I'm going to take the copper piece and I'm going to flick it and see if it disappears or if this is just a very good illusion. You pull the copper piece off. Well, you take the copper piece out, sorry. Dropping it off the edge and you see it just disappear completely. Huh. Okay, uh, then one foot very, very gingerly like I've been doing this whole time. Just kind of gently try to put my foot out there and feel if there's anything under there. Uh, you put your foot down, sort of hanging it off the edge of this little bridge, and your foot doesn't touch anything. It's sort of hanging loose. Huh. Weird. But I can, But there's a bridge to get across I don't have to worry about, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah, then I just walk across the bridge gingerly. Alright, it sort of rocks a little bit, giving you a bit of a sick feeling in your stomach, but nothing too crazy. I feel like every single person who's ever been in one of those rooms always sort of gets off the edge and stands on the mirror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alright, making your way into the next room. I can't for the life of me remember what, what I said else was in this place. But uh, as you get through, there is a sudden waft of air and you all these little bubbles begin appearing in front of you as they pop little sparks sort of fizzle down to the ground and uh, standing across the way is that same sort of harlequin-esque looking lady from before. Okay, I would, uh, you know, kind of nod my head to her a little bit and uh, say, wow, this place has been awesome. I'm, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for this. You're more than welcome. <laughs> I'm she not smiles gonna... at you, her teeth are like crooked and all over the place. Okay, I'm not going to react to her voice, laugh, or anything else, uh, and I'm just going to nod my head and say thank you again as I walk by her. Uh, she gives you a smile and watches you intently as you exit and says, uh, Would you by any chance like to play a game? Oh, uh, sure. I'll go over to her and I'll, I'll entertain her. I'll be like, yeah, I'll play a game. All right. She sort of pulls out some cards behind her and uh, puts them face down, uh, pulling over a small table from one of the sides of the uh, little exiting area and puts it down on top, pushing them around. And she says, uh, what is it that you are wagering? Um, I'll go ahead. I'm feeling lucky, I guess, from that flumps prediction. So, yeah, I'll put a whole uh, copper piece or a whole gold piece down. I'm feeling lucky after that flumps prediction. Uh, she, she says, hmm, anything perhaps that isn't currency. Oh, uh, 
How about this? Uh-huh. If I am to win this game, you have to go out into the crowd and give this to someone. And she sort of opens her hands up as if doing like a magic trick, pulling something from nowhere. And you see a small little rolled up bag with some greenish, like it has flecks of green and orange within it. It's like a powder. Okay, yeah, I'll say sure. I'll do it. She nods her head, sort of smiling. And what do you desire of me if you win? Um, how about a favor to be paid later? Uh, she says, she smiles and says, um, we're not in town long. Maybe another few weeks. I say that's fine with me. I will return within within a week. All right. My name is Mother Maggot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I nod without reacting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you have three d six there. Yep. Have you ever played the game Celo? I have not. All right. Well, we will just. We'll say that the cards are being played, but for the sake of actually not playing a card game, we'll just roll 3d6. Uh, So, essentially, you're trying to get a pair or three in a row of the same dice. Okay. When you're rolling. Uh, Say if I rolled, uh, I got a six, six, and a two. So, uh, six pair is pretty good because it's the highest pair you can get. But if I got, like, six, 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 which is... I mean, great for this situation. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that would be, like, a very high score. Okay. I believe a 4, 5, 6 is even higher than that, and then a 1, 2, 3 is even higher than that still. Okay, yeah. No, I'm down. Oh, God. I got absolutely nothing. Same here. 2, 4, 6. Okay. Uh, roll one more time. Oh, Jesus, drop the dice. Nothing again. 1, 4, 6. Okay, I got the exact same as you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, one more time. Yeah. Hey, I got two fours. All right, I got nothing then. So you have won this game. She will say you uh, draw a number of cards and put them down. Uh, whoever's value, face value, was higher at the end would have ended up uh, the victor of this small little uh, game of chance. Okay. And she sort of grimaces a little, but nods and says, it looks like you've won. Okay, I nod my head and I say, I will be back within the week then. Alright. <laughs> See you then. <laughs> okay. Sort of pulls the table off to the edge once more, sort of planting it down firmly. And what was her name again? Mother Maggot, was it? Yes. Okay. Alright, yeah, then I... Uh-huh. <laughs> As before you walk out, she says, and if you wouldn't mind running out in terror, that would be great for business. Thank you. <laughs> I, I turn, give her a wink and a thumbs up, and then I proceed to run outside, and I scream at the top of my lungs. I have my raven familiar behind me, like, swoop at me like it's trying to attack me or whatever, just for the show, and I run <laughs> through the crowd towards the Tinker's Guild. <laughs> she, uh, she's like flailing her arms around, acting all scary, and people are looking in and gasping as you charge out. <laughs> and she give, gives a bow to all the people and to you as she the doors automatically close around uh, her. <laughs> that's awesome. I run around the first corner I can find, stop, laugh, and then I begin walking like a normal person back to the Tinker's Guild. <laughs> Alright, so, continuing on to the tin, uh, Tinker's Guild. 
people have got their inventions out and about, many of them receiving sponsorships to continue building uh, strange oddities, attempting to get their uh, innovations out into the world. You see uh, things that look like automatic forks that chuck food into your mouth without having to leave the bowl. Uh, other things to do with uh, farming and whatnot, like we discussed before, that incredible death machine <laughs> yeah. uh, with the size is uh, actually getting a lot of attention now and is one of the main pieces within the sort of uh, district that the Tinker's Guild is within. Yeah, I'm like squinting at it. I'm like, that's going to end up being a dungeon trap one of these days. I know it. <laughs> and funnily enough, it has been in one of my games. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so you make your way into the Tinker's Guild, searching for uh, uh, someone to sign. Yep, I would do that. Uh, would the only be person who is able to sign the, uh, what's the man in charge of the Tinker's Guild's name? Uh, yeah, that would be, uh, crap. It's the gnome that you really like the name for. Uh, uh, oh, Fizzle Tixwell uh, is his name. I would probably give it to whoever is at the front desk and just say, hey, make sure he gets this, you know. Uh, I'll return with a list of people who can help out with it, you know, within a couple of days. If you could please put this in front of him. Alright. Uh, yeah, if you were to say that, the receptionist, same from last time, I believe, was a small gnome man uh, standing on a box. Yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> not, not, and says, uh, this is a very interesting idea. Yes, yes. I believe Fizzle will think very highly of this, and I will ensure that he gets it. If not today, perhaps in the next few days after things have calmed down a bit with the whole festival going on and whatnot. Okay, yep. I just thank him, and then uh, I'll probably head to up to my lodging rooms type area and start sorting out all of my inventory and that kind of stuff. Like, I totally want to go see the festival, but I think I'd be better off trying to write down a game plan of everything that I want to do. Uh, with the guild, you know, get ideas on paper and stuff. And then I also want to try out that fancy quill. And uh, so I'll probably try and figure out what I'm going to write to get that that quill a chance. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to achieve on the day prior to uh, going to sleep? I'd probably just go down to the stables at some point, give my uh, horse Epona, uh, yay Zelda references, um, give my horse a, a bit of a workout, you know, go trot. You know, at some point, once the streets clear a little bit, go out for a, a quick trot um, around the outside of town and and uh, give her a good rub down, and then that would probably be it before calling it a day. Yeah, the uh, Tinker's Guild has been taking very good care of, uh, what was the name, sir? Apona. Apona, yeah. Uh, and they've started putting on a fair amount more mass compared to what they had. They were fairly emaciated when you found them in the Shadowed Cliff. Yeah, I, I would definitely be happy about that and continue to tip whoever is uh, taking care of Apona. I would, you know, be tipping them fairly well in order to ensure that that continues. Awesome. In the stables, I'd say in the Tinker's Guild, there'd probably be some automated system where it's like a conveyor belt that drops <laughs> hay down into all the horses and <laughs> mounts little uh, stables. Oh, that is fantastic. That I would leave a coin sitting somewhere close to, but not close enough that it would fall into anything. I would leave a coin <laughs> there every day when I go down. <laughs> and it's always gone by the time you come back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right. Is that where we're going to end for today? Yep. Gonna have to. I got to get everything closed up. Thank you very much, Braden. This was a ton of fun. <laughs> well, thanks, Bob. Look forward to running that game. Uh, with you all in a couple of days from now. Oh my gosh, I know exactly. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it, and since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.